And good morning. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He's Griffin Bass. And joining us once again here in studio, the Chief Grand Poobah, Pressbox. Our friend Stan the Fan Charles is here. Stan, good morning. Good, Glenn. How are you doing? I'm all right. It's good to see both of you guys. Stan, Stan brought in uh, his cocktails this morning. He brought in the Robitussin. He brought in the, uh, the Mucinex. The legal, the legal Robitussin. <laughs> right. He brought in the uh, Amoxicillin, I believe. No, Penicillin. Mucinex. Oh, okay. Mucinex. He's, uh, he's going all the way in. His, uh, yeah, this cough from, uh, that came with the COVID. This is, is, are you worried allergies. that this is the long COVID at all? No. Okay. No, all I'm right. not I'm, worried I'm, about that. All I'm right. worried about whether I'm going to live or die. Well, I mean, I'm okay. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Way to be dark. Right there. Super dark right to there. start this show. Right there. Hey, happy Friday. <laughs> Have a weekend. I'm, now, I, whenever I get. Whenever I, want, I, get hey, I want you to know. Yeah. I am rooting for, me. for you to not die. Okay, all right. I now, now that. that being said, I did put a few bets in. What's the over-under out there live? About three and a half years was the number. And I want you to know. I think you've got a solid four in you, so I bet the over. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's nice to know I've got that support. <laughs> no, whenever I get anything that brings a cough along, yeah, it stays for, oh, it stay for the, freaking ever. This has been the worst allergy season of my life. Yeah. I mean, this is to the point where I, I have four different times said, this is so bad, I have to go test again. Because I refuse to believe it's just allergies. But every time I've tested negative, and so... You need to see my just... cousin John Matz, Dr. John Matz. Does he do the he's shot? An, Does he do the... No, he's an allergist. Oh, God. Yeah. I need... I mean, he'll... he'll Everybody do... keeps talking to me about the shot. They keep saying, get the shot. I don't even know what it you is. You mean the shot for allergies? Yes. Yeah. That's, those are, the, the shots have been around... They they started for hay fever back I think like in the fifties. Well, you know. To my knowledge, I've never had the hay fever, so I've got that going. Well, for if you me. got an allergy of any kind of pollen, it's yeah, similar. Yeah. So it's a it's a pain in the ass. But it's, there's a there's year, a referral to you. The, I I will, I will happily call John. This has been the the worst year. By the way, that's how I'm doing medicine now because uh, I needed a new dentist. I put it on Facebook. My buddy Charlie Toomey messages me. He's like. Hey, bro, you know my my brother is a dentist, right? <laughs> I'm like, I did not. So that's how I so found my new dentist. You're going to get some of the best doctors in town. I, I'm, I'm all for I've reached that age where I need to have them. You know the name Mark Steiner. Not not the one we just but talked about. Mark I'm, Steiner yes, from I do, you yes. know, uh, Public YPR, Radio, yeah. YPR. Um, Mark Stad was one of the foremost ear, nose, and throat doctors, in the not in the country, not in Baltimore, okay. in the world. Albert Steiner. Okay. And I had the good fortune because he was a friend of all my uncles and all the, you know, he was friends with the Matz family. Uh, I ended up getting to see him late in his career. And I had this thing, it was when I was working at WCBM. And I think it might have had something to do with that old building we were in. I believe it. But when I would get a cough, it would last for like, it was like impossible to really? get rid of. Really? So he goes, this is what I'm going to prescribe for you. And he prescribes this stuff called Pima. Have you ever even heard of no, it? No, I don't know Pima. It stands for potassium iodide. So I used Pima for about, I'm going to say, first of all, my broadcast career didn't last much longer, my full-time broadcast, mm -hmm. like five years. But I used it, you know, when, whenever I got sick. And I used it till about 2008 or 10. Okay. He had long since passed away. It has been taken off the market, okay, not 
because it's dangerous or anything. It's it's kept in it's kept like in abeyance. You know, it's okay. going to be used for nuclear fallout. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah. And I can't get you, I can't you, get you, Pima. You know a guy who knows a guy about that? Uh, uh, I got You can't get that. a prescription of it. It's been taken off the market. All right. And it's uh, reserved for uh, people that get radiation poison. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, well, we've got other pleasant things to talk about this morning. Yeah, know? like the like yeah. you know, FIFA yeah. screwed Yeah, them. they should get radiation poisoning. Yeah. Um, we got a lot to do, obviously, on a Friday edition <laughs> of the program. Later on in the program, we will chat with our friend Terry Hasseltine, the executive director of Maryland Sports. Obviously, it's a disappointing day. There's no way of getting around it. We'll talk about that more in a second. Um, we will get Terry's thoughts. And Look, I said last night, man, I, I am crushed. I'm devastated, but I'm also going to start thinking about the events that we do have. A lot of people have picked Baltimore and have chosen Baltimore and do believe in Baltimore. And so I'm going to be there for the Women's Lacrosse World Championships, and I'm going to be there for Army-Navy Ar- in 2025. 2025. This year, Navy-Notre Dame at M&T Bank Stadium. I'm... I, the people that have chosen Baltimore, I'm going to support and celebrate them. Even I know Stan went out to the the five star a year ago. That's I, I don't know anything about dressage at all, but I great I'm grateful. You're going to go this year. I absolutely will go out this year. I'm grateful for the events that have chosen us and do want to be here and do believe in our city and our state. Where so, some of the bidding processes are not wired. maybe a little more on the up yeah, and up. Yeah. Maybe a little bit yeah. more. Uh, also, later on in the program, uh, we're going to make our weekly trip down to Norfolk. We're going to chat with Jordan Westberg, who is just killing it since getting called up from Bo- He was actually struggling offensively at, at Bowie. Bowie. While Gunnar Henderson was you know, lighting the world on right. fire, Jordan Westberg was struggling a bit. They get called up. Jordan Westberg suddenly is hitting 415ers. I mean, it's insane how well Jordan Westberg is. His OPS right now is 1330. Jesus Christ. Anything over 900 is tremendous. Now, small sample size. I get it. He's only been there for a little more than a week. But um, we're going to talk to Jordan Westberg about getting that bump up. And also, um, Heston Kerstad is going to join us. And it's been years since we've caught up with Heston Kerstad. Heston, we hardly knew you. Yeah, I mean, really, that's the reality of it is after the draft, we had him on and, you know, everybody was really excited. And obviously he's been through a lot yeah. in the two years since. And finally, just in the last week, got back to playing baseball. He's down at Delmarva with the Shorebirds. And we're going to catch up with him and talk to him about his journey. Journey. I don't know what that is. Jer- journey. I think I put journey and odyssey together. Is what happened there? That's a great word, though. I think we should roll with Jernacy. it. His, we're going to talk about his journey. Um, a good name for a band. Uh, a heavy metal like, band. I feel like it would be too close to Journey. I feel like okay, it wouldn't gotcha. work out for that, but gotcha. I, I do like where your head's at. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously going through myocarditis after his own dealings with COVID um, in the infancy of the pandemic and finally got the clearance earlier this year and back out on the field, and he's been hitting the ball well since uh, he got down to Delmarva and – that's encouraging. I know somebody would say, well, it's Delmarva. He's 24 or 23 years old. He should be. Yeah, but after not playing baseball for two years, it's a very encouraging sign that he's hitting the ball wherever he is. You didn't know Eddie Epstein, did you, who worked for no, the Orioles? No, I didn't. Eddie was the first uh, analytics guy, in, in one of the first in all of baseball. He was certainly the Orioles' first under Larry Lucchino and Roland Heeman. 
uh, and he used to always say to me that the hit tool is incredibly resilient, meaning when people lose a lot of time, if they've got the hit tool, it's resilient. Yeah, so it's a, that's it's what a great I way remember. Of saying it. Yep, with it's a great way of saying it. Um, Better way to say it than in Jernacy. I like Jernacy, though. Statement this morning, uh, and we are going to talk to Terry Hasseltine. He and Max Brown, who was the chairman of Events DC, their board of directors and the DC bid, he put out a joint statement this morning. Quote, while we are disappointed that DC and Baltimore, Maryland were not selected as host cities, we will look for ways to bring the FIFA 2026 World Cup to life for fans and visitors in our nation's capital in the Maryland region, we also want to thank the many officials, business, and community leaders, as well as the hundreds of D.C. and Baltimore, Maryland region soccer fans that worked on and supported this excellent joint effort. We look forward to continuing our partnership with FIFA and exploring other opportunities to be part of this historic event in 2026. Stan, you were down there um, yesterday. I can only imagine how difficult that was. A lot of people... We're comparing the feeling of yesterday to the feeling of uh, the Baltimore Bombers expansion football team once upon a time. Uh, two separate announcements that we lived well, through without getting a football team. Well, you know what was reminiscent to me was how in the latter days of this, of this process, suddenly FIFA let, it, let Maryland know, hey, we think you know, we're not going to D.C. for a game because mm-hmm. of the stadium. We think it would be good if you partnered up with them. It would really add something to your proposal. And damn, if it didn't remind me of from the time that the NFL picked Charlotte yep. to, the, to 35, 40 days later we when they had that second meeting yep. and went with Jacksonville, Baltimore abandoned Boogie Wineglass and the Glazers to bring in Al Lerner because the NFL suggested mm-hmm. that you do Al Lerner, that that mm-hmm. would somehow magically well, that, well got us a team though. Yeah, yeah, Stan. That's, exactly. the, that's how that that's, that's how that exactly. happened. So anyway, um, uh, Baltimore's more of a museum town. I'm not sure if right, you remember. Right, that's right. we're really not really for well. foot, football. Uh, might not work here. Yeah. We're more of a museum type of city. But but that was reminiscent to me of when when a league or an entity tells you what to do. They're basically escorting you out the door. You know. I am. Um, look, I just say I'm stunned. I'm stunned only because uh, the powers the, or the, the the people involved were so confident. Were so confident that they had done everything necessary in order to earn a bid yeah. and ended up coming up short. I'm not stunned. Grant Wall, who is the preeminent soccer writer in this country, and there's no one that knows more and is plugged. Stephen Goff from the Washington Post is plugged into, but Grant Wall, who wrote for SI right. for years, he is the guy. And Grant Wall made it very clear. Look, this came down to one thing. Yeah, the relationship of Robert, Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft has a very close personal relationship with the president of FIFA, and despite the fact that Boston did not have the funding to host the World Cup, in the final days, he leveraged his personal relationship in order to strong on Boston into the list of cities, and yep. Baltimore, Washington was the bid that was pushed out because of it. Yeah, and there's, there's no we can this thing that we do where we're like, well, this is because of the crime, or this is because of the. You, you guys can just say whatever and talk out of your ass all you want. I mean, like other cities have crime, other cities have issues. 
some of these cities are nowhere close to the stadiums that they're going to play. Santa Clara is nowhere near San Francisco. Um, Arlington is not necessarily in that. There's plenty of East Rutherford in New York. There's plenty of these things that are there's there's warts with a lot of these places. The the people that know the fact seems to come down to this. It seems to come down to simple as FIFA being FIFA. This is what they do. And to be fair, we all kind of knew this. We all knew when you were getting involved that you'd be putting a lot of effort in with a group that was literally willing to give the World Cup to Qatar because they're, they're, they're scoundrels. I mean, they're terrible people that are involved with this thing. But you want the World Cup. The wor- yeah. there's, it's, there's only one event. And in order to get it, you have to play ball with these creeps. You know, yesterday they, they did the thing, John and I, John Colson and mm-hmm. I were invited to the, you know, the uh, pre, the pre press conference where they were actually where all the people that have worked so hard on this were there and some special friends of the, the, you know, Maryland sports and we certainly are special friends of Maryland sports. We had Terry Hazeltine on the cover of press box, not literally his face, but we had that whole mm-hmm. move mm-hmm. in 2008. We were on this whole thing of sports business. Sports tourism yeah. is something that we have. We can. We we all should be supporting. In it. Yeah. It's it's overwhelmingly good for the state of Maryland for us to have more events come here and tourism dollars spent in our businesses. We should all. Be supporters of what it is that Terry Hasseltine's doing. So we were at this event yesterday, and the TVs, there's, you know, it's it's held at the uh, club section of M&T Bank Stadium, and there's a bank of TVs. You've been, you've been there. You know, it's mm-hmm. all around. You can't hear anything. But then when they made the announcement, everybody quieted down. And so the guy that's on with this girl with huge breasts, that's all I know she had. All right. Um he he's I announcing. A, I don't know a, who he, who exactly he was from FIFA, but he announces the Western cities, okay? And the Western cities, it's Vancouver, no surprise. Mm-hmm. Seattle, you know, San all, Francisco, all the Western, LA, down in Mexico, all the way down to, down to uh, Mexico, Guadalajara. So now they bring in a second girl, like ten minutes later after they break mm-hmm. for commercial three times, and they have a little feature on the, each city. Now they're going to do the central, and they go from there's no huge city in Canada in the central, so they start at Kansas City. You know, Chicago Mm -hmm. had withdrawn their Mm -hmm. bid because they don't like FIFA. You know, Minneapolis Mm -hmm. withdrew their bid. So Kansas City is the first thing because Dallas, Houston, and then there was some city in Mexico. I can't remember if it was Monterey or where it is. And then all of a sudden – I just found out a new geography that Atlanta right, is in somehow the, in the center they're in the, they're in the, of our the country. Central, yep, they're in the so central. when I saw that, that struck me as odd, and I had never really heard Boston mentioned. But when 10 minutes later, when they got to the East Coast, Boston was after Toronto, you know. Look, man, um, it's it's crushing. It's absolutely crushing because a lot of people put a lot of effort into bringing the World Cup to Baltimore. and A lot of good, honest people. Yes. A lot of people did the right things in this process to present. And you can try to – your own personal narratives, your – you know, this is what happens when you're – you can do that till you're blue in the face. 
you can do that if it makes you feel better and you've got a, an agenda and you've got your thing that you don't like a certain politician, you don't like whatever it is, you can keep doing that and you know yell and scream into the void all you want about it. But this pretty clearly comes down to personal relationship, the nature of what FIFA is, and their willingness. I, this was an interesting tweet exchange yesterday. Uh, the men in blazers, of course, you know those guys from NBC, um, <coughs> tweeted out, other than not coughing up a big enough bribe, why did DC get passed over? And, <laughs> you know, I, there's... Kind there's, of cuts to the Right? Chase. Like, uh, Pablo Maurer, who covers soccer for The Athletic, followed up and said, I spoke with two people involved in the bid who felt that some of the recent um, optics coming out of D.C. and the National Mall may have helped sideline this bid. That's nonsense. That's BS. Yeah. I am... Um, I, 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 this really is devastating because this is it. This was the one chance we were ever going to have. Certainly in my lifetime, but I, maybe I'm not pretty, yours. I'm pretty confident. That this was always... You mentioned Kansas City. For a city of our size to really have a shot at the World Cup mm-hmm. is very difficult. It took a very unique set of circumstances, Dan Snyder being such an incompetent boob, to be able to get us to this point that we're even this deep into the, the running. Even if, in 30 years, the World Cup comes back to the States... And it I, will. Right. I'm, I'm going to be surprised... By Baltimore having a chance. This was the chance. Yeah. And so it's devastating because, look, we can, I might, who knows, maybe we get to 2026 and somebody says, hey, dude, I can get tickets. There's a match in Philadelphia. You want to go up for it? Maybe I'll go. But it, it won't mean the same. You'll have saved your money up for McCartney. That's true. Yeah. And by the McCartney. way, he might still be playing in five years after he sounded as, looked as good as he did the other night. Jesus. Um, it's devastating. I can't get around it. It's devastating. But as I said a, go- a moment ago, I'm going to focus my energy instead of bitching and pissing and moaning. I'm going to focus my energy on the things that we have. Yeah. And we're going to support the Women's Lacrosse World Championships, which is a really big deal that's starting in two weeks um, here at Towson. And we're going to support the Maryland Cycling Classic, which is going to bring all sorts of tourism dollars to our state on Labor Day weekend. And we're going to support Navy Notre Dame. And we're going to support all of those things. And... If people don't want Baltimore, they're lost, man. They're lost. We are tremendous. You, you, can, you can try to get your agenda and crime and all that crap that you want to get off, but I saw all of you at the Paul McCartney concert on Sunday night. No one had any problem. All the, all the narratives, well, I won't go into Baltimore because I don't want to go to games anymore because of the crime. Y'all showed up. Every single one of you. I saw you. Because Baltimore is a great big event city. Tremendous big event city. And we can do these things unbelievably well. Are there things we, need, we should fix? Yes. Should we get a better public transportation system? 1,000%. There's plenty of things I want Baltimore to do. I get excited when Terry Hasseltine and Frank Remish talk about the fact that this, the new arena will have all of the necessities to be able to bid for and host NCAA tournament games. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's have more big events and more dollars for downtown businesses. Let's go. I'm supporting those things. That's my reaction to it. 
Today's show is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Uh, busy weekend down at Live Casino and Hotel because Dave Chappelle is going to be there for four shows over the next couple of days. So Did not know that. They're expecting a lot of foot traffic throughout the facility. Oh, wait a minute. There's a bulletin. He's actually going to be performing in Boston. Turns uh, out Robert Kraft's uh, son. You know the irony. I've seen Dave Chappelle in Boston, in Boston before. That's the irony of it. The only time in my life I ever saw Dave Chappelle was a buddy of mine. His wife called me. And she's like, hey, you want to fly up to Boston on a Monday Robert night? Robert Kraft owns that comedy club. That son yeah. of a bitch. That son of a bitch. I saw, I saw Chappelle, John Stewart, and Michael Che. It was yeah. tremendous. It but was really Robert Kraft's young girlfriend. Is that what really it was? wanted the World Cup. Because she loves soccer players. Well, you look, he's just such an upstanding guy, that Robert Kraft. He's just such a good guy. You can get it. Um, look, they're expecting huge crowds all weekend. So there's going to be foot traffic coming through the FanDuel Sportsbook. And if you were planning on going out to watch the U.S. Open, bet on maybe Stanley Cup Finals game two, whatever it is, you need to get a reservation in. You need to email events at sportssocialmd.com. Just make sure that you've got your spot reserved for this weekend. It, is sports and social big enough for what what has come through so far? I mean, there have been I have been there for events <clears throat> right. where it's been standing room only. There have been people that have been it's I mean, can people get their bets in in a timely fashion? Yeah. I mean, the, for some events, yeah. look, there's 61 self-service kiosks in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Right. Some big events, there's going to be a line. Yeah. That even with 61 self-service kiosks, like during football games, during the NBA Finals. Um, the, but if it, you're down there and you get in the line, you're going to get your yeah, bet in. Yeah. Okay. If you're live betting, sometimes it's frustrating yeah. because the lines change fairly right. quickly. Um, as you're trying to get to a machine. But it, it, you just re- reserve your spot. Make sure if you, yeah. your friends, want to come out, watch the hockey game tomorrow night, bet on the final round of the U.S. Open on Sunday. Game seven of the NBA uh, championship. The thing about that is oh, it's over. not going to be one of those. Events at sportssocialmd.com is the website for you to get in. Um, Stan, Lamar Jackson met with the media yesterday. I was just getting ready to ask you what your thoughts were on that. I, I am... You know, it's really funny because I was not. I think Robert Kraft is wired to sign him. <laughs> I really do. I think God, yeah. we can't get rid of this guy. Um, I was I was not watching and I wasn't there. So I was right. watching Twitter and some of the <clears throat> tweets were very explosive that reporters were sharing. And then I actually went back and watched the press conference right. and thought to myself, it wasn't quite as explosive as you're making it out to be. And what it was really more was because the answers were sh- so short, mm-hmm. reporters were describing them in sort of more you know colorful ways. Lamar, this was a great stat. Jonah Schaefer pointed out Lamar in ten minutes answered forty questions. So that gives you an idea of just how short his answers were. If you didn't watch the press conference, my plan last night was to pull audio and play he, it. He answered how many? Forty questions 40 in ten questions minutes. In 10 minutes. That's again a one word answer. That's an average of 15 seconds per question yeah. and that's question and answer. Yeah. These were short answers. I pulled up the transcript because I actually think the transcript is more valuable than the audio is because the audio is so quick and so short. I just don't think there's a lot of value. And the things that we're responding to were mostly him kind of not answering. Um if you know, was was your absence from other OTAs related to the contract? No, not contract related. It's a very short answer. It doesn't really 
tell us a lot. Well, why weren't you there? This was one of the more descriptive answers. I just wanted to stay away and just grind. I just wanted to come back and just see how I felt. I feel good. I asked my guys how they would feel if I stayed home, and they were like, it's cool. I want to get some chemistry there, and they told me they want to get some chemistry. I'm like, man, we're going to get that regardless when we get back. It's not really telling you anything. Right. It's it's the most descriptive answer is not really telling us much. And that's fine. He has no obligation to go in depth. The part that everybody seemed to overreact to is the part where he wasn't committing to being there for the start of training camp or the regular season without a deal. But essentially, what he was really doing was almost the Marshawn Lynch bit. Any way that somebody was asking him about the contract, he was repeating the same phrase. We're having conversations. First question. Just you and Eric DaCosta having conversations? Yeah, we're having conversations. That's all. Will they continue during the season? We're having conversations. He just kept saying, we're having conversations, as if to say, guys, I'm not going to give you anything. And again, he has no obligation to whatsoever. But it created this sort of new fear because there's been a narrative that's been allowed to exist, Stan. That the one thing that came out of yesterday is squash the narrative that he doesn't want a deal. Right. Steve Bishotti at the owners' meetings presented this scenario where he was like, you know, Lamar's really interesting. It's almost like right, he, he kind of feels to... like he does, he's not worthy of a deal until he wins the Super Bowl. Lamar squashed. That's the one thing yeah. that came out of yesterday. Yeah. That's nonsense. I don't know well, where that came from, but that's nonsense. Well, the other day I was watching, um, and you'll help me again because it's the same guy. I can't remember his name. The guy who was on Monday Night Football with Greasy and Steve Levy. Steve, oh, uh, Lewis Riddick. Lewis Riddick. He made it very clear that he, if he were advising uh, Lamar, he would not want him on the field until he's got a contract. In other words, that the well, risk is so great. Yep of an injury that you want to have them under contract. And in fairness to the Ravens, though, I think they've tried to initiate contract discussions, and I think Lamar has wanted to play this waiting game because, rightly so, somebody got to him and explained to him the way this works is the next deal somebody gets raises your deal up. So that was certainly the thought going into the offseason, right? Yeah. The thought going into the offseason was just let a few of these other guys set. Well, the market's been set. Yeah. Deshaun Watson set the market. Yeah. There's n- there's no reason now to keep waiting. And right. and did Lewis Riddick's point, and by the way, Lamar did address that and sort of say, well, I'm not thinking about that. But again. Right. I'm my own man. Um, all that. On, uh, you know, would, he, would you prefer to have a contract done before the end of the year? That's a conversation. It's in conversation, mm-hmm. which is his way of saying, I'm not, yep. I'm not answering. Yep. And then he followed up, would you still play week one without a new contract? His response was, we're in conversation now, which is being spun as he's not committing to being there for the start of training camp or committing to being there for the start of the season. But it's really him just giving you the same dismissive answer that he's given to every other question. Again, will you be at training camp and starting week one without a contract extension? We're having conversations about it. I don't know. Which, again, you can report as Lamar will not commit to being there. But he's not really saying that. He's really just giving you the same dismissive, I'm not going to talk about this answer. So the Watson deal, Mm -hmm. that changed everything because all of Deshaun Watson's money is guaranteed guaranteed now. Correct. So if you sign Lamar to an eight-year... $240, $250 $240, $250 million contract or a 10-year 
$350 million contract. Steve Bishotti is on the line. If, the Baltimore if, Ravens if you agree are, to a guarantee, if, they, if you yeah. agree to the same type yep. of contract as they and did that's with something that has never really been done. Well, it, in this, football. This was this yeah. Deshaun, It's it was shocking to the football world, and yeah. the idea being, well, not everybody else is going to want to do that. Okay, but every quarterback's going to want it. Going to want that. That's the why new wouldn't deal, you? Right. Why this is? It was like when the Mahomes deal hit, and everybody said, "Well, <laughs> that's the deal for Mahomes. It's not going to be the deal for everybody right. else. Why not?" Right. If you're a quarterback, why wouldn't you be looking for that deal? That you're going to walk in and say, hey, guys, we understand. Right. We're definitely not as good as that guy. Right. Right. We, we definitely can't get that. Well, we are as good, but we know that yeah, the market's it's, it's just not, not It's big. just not yeah. fair. We're, right. We don't want that. Could you imagine? Yeah. Could you imagine? Like, it's insane. If you and found Lamar out. Has, to the best of my knowledge, Lamar has no women massage therapist. I have no I've have never 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 heard of anything like for that. For sexual yes. harassment. I would I would think so he'd, he'd be, be worth more. I would think that. <laughs> On the open market, I would think that he would be more desirable than right. Deshaun Watson. Than a guy with 26 You would think you would think that would be the case. Now I get it. There's only one Cleveland Browns and right. I, I understand that. Um <laughs> leave but, it to the Browns. But this is what I I came away with it from it with the only thing that squashed is the idea that Lamar doesn't want to deal. That's the only thing I really took from yesterday is this narrative that Steve Bishotti put out there that he doesn't want a deal or doesn't feel worthy of a deal. Lamar directly addressed that and said, no, I want to win a Super Bowl, but I feel worthy. I feel worthy of getting a deal. Right. So we know he wants one. What we don't know is anything else. We still don't know. And this is the way that I felt before because none of this ever made sense. We still don't know if, it's something he's sweating. We don't know if he's going to end up. Let me pose a question to you that, that might be might open, shed some light on this. Is it possible, if they do not have a deal in place, that the Ravens would agree to pay the insurance policy that would protect him up to – I'm just saying, yeah. up to two hundred and fifty yeah. million dollars or something think like that. So, I don't think so. For a couple of reasons. One, that's just typically been something the athletes pay themselves, right? Those but types that, of insurance. But this is I, a I, rare I, I, situation. I understand yeah. In trying to buy time in a good faith type of yeah. situation, I understand the types of things that you're saying. What would you be talking about? It would probably be like a ten or fifteen million dollar yeah, something like that policy. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I. Yeah. I, it, I, it's a great question, Stan. Yeah. I just don't know the answer to it off the top of my head. But what I would say is, at this point, there's a general consensus that an injury alone does not cost someone getting a deal done. Dak Prescott, of course, suffered a serious injury and still turned right around and got a massive contract from the Cowboys. Short of you getting an Alex Smith type of injury, like a... You know, it's an injury so serious that you can't play football basically ever again... There, the precedent has been set that one injury alone does not ruin your ability to get a monstrous deal. That's why the specifically what Lewis Riddick said and what a few others have said about it, I'm not stepping on – and, and this also plays into this insane narrative that you're at greater risk of getting hurt because you're a running quarterback. We've got the data. That's not true. I, I know we want it to be true. I know why we think it's true, but the data is overwhelming. There is no greater risk for, for mobile quarterbacks – than there is pocket passers. In fact, the more significant injuries have always come pocket for passers. pocket passers that didn't see a hit coming. Joe Theismann, the, the more significant injuries have always been 
for pocket passers. And the only injury Lamar Jackson has ever suffered was when he was standing in the pocket. We just continue to throw out that narrative for whatever reason that Lamar Jackson's at some greater risk of injury. The thing that still will never make sense is if he doesn't do a deal, he's voluntarily playing for less money this season than he would if he gets a new contract. And that we can keep saying all we want about, well, he could let this thing play out and he could get the franchise tag the following year and then he can get the exclusive you know, plus 20% tag the year after that. Or he can get a contract with all those numbers and get paid more money this season. This, you can't make this make sense no matter how hard you try. So the part where Lamar Jackson won't commit to being there, um, you know, I, I, I get it. If I'm advising Lamar Jackson, I'm saying there's no reason to show up. Why would you voluntarily play for less money this season than you would get doing a deal? The, the only thing is I think it's very clear, and I'm not protective of Steve Bishotti or the Ravens. You know, if they deserve blame, I'll, I'll say it. But I think they've done everything, you know, short of moving the sun and the moon to try and engage Lamar and his lack of representation. Right. The, the question because mom, is, is engaging yeah. – is it what are the numbers that you're engaging with? Because if what you're engaging with is, hey, we'd like to give you a Derek Carr deal, well, that's mm. not that, that's not good faith. Now, as I said a million times, if that's where we are, if the Ravens are just lowballing Lamar Jackson so badly, then at some point Lamar Jackson should walk in and say, I, trade I me to a team that. Do you really get the sense that they've really ex- gotten to the even the level there was, where there they've was been one, willing to? There was one report that suggested that the first offer was a lowball offer. When now, was that made? This was though? in February, I want to say. This past yes, February? Yes. There was one. Now, I, if I remember correctly, it was Lock and Fora. So, however you feel about Lock and Fora right. and his sources, take that with whatever you want to take it. And what month did Deshaun Watson get his deal? In April? Yes, I believe that was then. Okay. So um, the world changed since April. Well, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. It, it changed even more drastically, yeah. right? Yeah. As far as the. the, the, the annu- we all knew the number that was thrown out was not. $35 million a year is not the number. That, you can want to do that with Lamar Jackson, and you can say, hey, that's just a starting point for conversations, but you're wasting time, right? Like, the, the market already by February, you knew that Kirk Cousins can get that type of money. You're not paying Kirk Cousins. You're paying a league MVP. You're paying one of the most dynamic talents in recent football history. Yeah. You're not giving him a Kirk Cousins contract. So if the answer is that Lamar is just, you know, not really been prioritizing it, and the Ravens want to give him fifty million dollars a year. Then no, this doesn't make sense, right. right? Go, go get your deal. There's still a lot of this that doesn't make sense. There's still a lot of it that we can't I get just around. I've never gotten the sense that they've really sat down and heard and, what the Ravens and, are offering. And and that's the one thing. Yeah. If you want to take something from yesterday, you know, him saying, "Look, I'm directly talking with it with Eric DaCosta this right. week." Maybe that looks as a positive. I still don't. I mean, that's a di- very different. Neg- usually, you're, you're able to have an agent yep. sit down with ownership, yep. and the, then goes back. It sounds like this is now. I'm talking to Eric DaCosta. Eric's got the line with Pat, uh, yep. Moriarty, Pat Moriarty yep. and Steve Bishotti, and they're getting the figure. And we're gonna. I'm waiting for them to get back to me. Now. And if That's anything, what it sounds like if anything, Lamar Jackson saying I intend to be a Raven for life yeah. would probably make you believe that he thinks it's going to get done. Yeah. That while he's not going to say a lot more than that, it seems like why say that 
if you don't think the right. deal will ultimately get done. Right. So I'm not going to be worked up about too much. I get it. Lamar Jackson had been radio silent for months, so anything <clears throat> he said yesterday was going to be explosive and bombastic. Correct. I don't think any of it is worth being too worked up about from what we saw from Lamar Jackson yesterday. All that right. was my response to it. We come back in. We got an NBA champion. Uh, got a little or- the Orioles in a very lo- lo- lovely day yesterday. Lovely. What's their day. win-loss record since? Maybe you can look it up, Griffin. Since uh, Adelaide came up. Okay, we'll try yeah. to pull that up. We'll try to we'll try to find that out. Go back to Preakness Day and figure out what the win. I mean, they did have is. a five five or six game losing streak, but overall, they have been a more competitive ball club. We'll talk. That stretch. We'll talk about all that. And Terry Hasseltine is going to join yep. us. That's, That's all great. on the way. Stan the fan is in studio with us. If you missed Stan and uh, Gary Stein last night, catching up with Drew Forrester. Uh, of course, uh, 105.7 The Fan and Calvert Hall Golf Coach talking about the U.S. Open, talking about the Live Golf Tour. You can find it right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, or pressboxonline.com slash video. It's Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, Birdland families, this Father's Day, join the O's in celebrating Dad at the Yard as they take on the Tampa Bay Rays Sunday, June 19th at 1.35. Go above and beyond by treating Dad to a fun-filled day with the entire family. Make sure to get to the ballpark early because the first 10,000 fans ages 15 and over will receive an Orioles golf visor. Dad's day done right this year with the O's. Don't wait until the last minute when planning Father's Day. Secure your tickets now at Orioles.com slash tickets. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambling help.org are you ready soccer fans this summer the english premier league returns to baltimore arsenal everton square off in the charm city match july 16th under the lights at mt bank stadium home of the baltimore ravens this is your only opportunity to take in a premier league match this summer in the mid-atlantic region individual and group tickets are on sale at baltimoreravens.com That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy our award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings. Or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. 
The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressbox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at pressbox sports it's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants like me right now you're listening to glenn clark radio uh, griffin what'd you find what's the record so the orioles are 12 and 13 since adley has made his debut so just just about 500 baseball their run differential is minus eight on the season, they're minus 47, and so minus 8 in that time. It is significantly better. There's, yes. no, yeah. there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, Orioles did win yesterday in Toronto as they end up uh, splitting the four-game set with the Blue Jays, cruising yesterday to a 10-2 victory. Um, it happened to be against Kevin Gaussman, which made it all the more interesting. I don't, I don't hate Kevin Gaussman. It's not like I... Like, no, I have nothing against Kevin. Right? Like, it's it's disappointing, but it's sort of the same way I feel about Jake Arrieta. I don't know. I don't think Kevin Gosman wasn't trying to be really good, and at times he was quite good. I think, um, that's the, I think both of those cases speak to how poor the Orioles' development mm-hmm. of pitching was. I don't have enough body of work now to say that this regime – Mike Elias, Sigmadal regime is ineffective nope. at developing pitchers. And I've talked to Dan Duquette about that, and he, he has that's his biggest regret, is that they didn't do a better job developing Bundy and, and, and Gosman. Yep. And, you know, to a lesser extent, Arietta, because he had been here even sure. before Duquette sure. got here. That's a great yeah. point. Yeah. Um, you know, look, it's it's pleasant. Tyler Wells... This is the one. He's, he looks terrific. It's the one thing that we come back to. As disappointing as Bruce Zimmerman is, and, and especially because he got off to such a good start, and yes, Bruce Zimmerman was sent down. We talked about that yesterday. I, it's doing it for the sake of doing it, right? Yeah, like yeah. they didn't have a good option, but they just basically yeah, they said to, they had to do it. Right, he like, was getting his brains beat out. Like, look, who, whoever it is, we're just gonna shuffle the deck chairs because we're not gonna send Zimmerman back out there again in five days. I, I have said a couple times, Stan, the concern that I have, and and we talked about it last Friday, my my real concern about the lawsuit was you need to sign a pitcher. You, you need actual, not Jordan Lyles. You need, And I get it. It's not going to be the top guy in free agency, but you need the Ubaldo Jimenez, the, the, what you thought you were signing once yeah. upon a time, yeah. of this offseason for next year if you're going to move into the, that or next year. Or the Alex Cobb. You know, we what we thought right. Alex what, Cobb exactly was right. Be. You yeah. need that type of guy, and I'm nervous about you know, can you spend the money while this is going on? Yeah. There's, I have some nerves there. But my point is, you're not going to be able to have confidence in any of your. There's no way you're going to have confidence in Grayson Rodriguez as a legitimate major league pitcher going into next season. He might absolutely be that guy, but you just can't have confidence yeah. in it. There's no way to have confidence in John Means being a legit because. You've just seen so little. And Kyle Bradish seems like he's pitching his way into that level into the of, conversation, of, right? of, of suspect rather than definite and, stud. And it's you're hard-pressed to imagine D.L. Hall getting here. I know he had a, a nice start yesterday. Mm-hmm. But before that, his numbers were not great at AAA. 
And so you're hard-pressed to imagine him getting here this season and doing so well that he gives you confidence that he's... So you have to sign pitching. The one thing I said yesterday is the one guy that maybe could could change your mind the rest of the year is Tyler Wells. Yeah. He's the one guy that's pitched well enough. That but, if, but he and, and, um, uh, and Lyles, again, Lyles... I'm perfectly fine if they bring him back, but sure. right now he's here for this year. Yes, you know? correct. And chances are, if some team needs a pitcher he's in a trade. July, yeah. he's a trade ship. 100%. You know? Not that you're getting an overwhelming amount for, but as right. we've talked about, there is all everybody needs pitching. As much as we want people to be desirous of positionless hitters, what they're really desirous of is pitching. Yep. They all need pitching. Um, so sure, you could get something for Jordan Lyles. And I, I'm just curious. Did your I, I read your column about mm-hmm. what you were worried about with the lawsuit, mm-hmm. and what did, I'm not, did, which is but, which but, is important. But more importantly, has it changed since the, the statement, statement released by Georgia Angelos? I, it, they are certainly presenting a business as usual front. Yeah, I still don't know how a lawsuit affects the the tangible dollar amount. Right, like I don't know. I I got the impression, and lawsuits, they certainly can take a long, long time with the way that that statement read. And I get it that John was involved and a lawyer Mm -hmm. was involved. Not that Mrs. Angelos couldn't have put it together, but I get the impression you're not going to hear an awful lot about this lawsuit. Oh, I don't think so at all. And I think what you're saying is important because I do think there are people in town, based on the way the lawsuit was written, that would say... Is this nothing more than John strong-arming his mother into being on his side? Right. You know a little bit more about Mrs. Angelos. What's your reaction? If somebody asked you that question, do you think John just strong-armed his mom to go along with it? I don't believe uh, he strong-armed his mom. I think that uh, she made it pretty clear in her statement. And I think the key thing, and this is where John may have said, hey, mom, let's insert this, Mm -hmm. was that... Not only did Georgia Angelos, did I pick John Angelos to run the Baltimore, to be the point person running the Baltimore Orioles, Commissioner Rob Manfred and the 29 other owners have approved him. And it's my, I, look, I don't know Lewis well. I've been around him a few times. It's my opinion that I don't think he would have passed the muster of, of, uh, being approved by the as a control trainer. person, yeah. sure, and I, I certainly understand that. Look, I hope, I hope it's a sign that they're just going to say, "Look, whatever we were planning on doing beforehand, yeah. we're going to plan on doing it anyway. We're not, we will not be affected by this. We are confident that there is no there there, or that they think that at some point they can squash it and like just the, say the one thing that I and I've talked to somebody who I, I won't mention his name, but very high up in not with the Orioles, mm-hmm. but in deals of this nature. Mm-hmm. He thinks the team is definitely going to be sold. And I said in the next two and a half to five years, because again, I maintain that when Peter passes, the ball club goes to Georgia and there isn't tax ramification at that level. Right. Now she's 80 years old. Peter's 93 or 94 years old. And this person said, I believe sooner than that. So. Okay. Uh, this, a lot of people have felt similar ways. There's, and, that's been a, and that was part of your column, by the way, where you said that one of the things is when somebody is buying a team, yep. they don't want big expenditures on the table. 
But I think that a prudent businessman would look at the Orioles and where they are attendance-wise and say, no, I'm still going to buy them. I understand they've got to put the money in now because— I, It's important for the timeline to work, too, the by the way. Like if, right. Your asset isn't more valuable right. if, 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 we, if you've if you done through losing. this entire right. rebuild and then you're not doing the things necessary to fortify it and yeah. you're just going to have to trade off these Smart players, Smart business too. people will know that. Um, I, I, yes, Chris, I, I did see the Jeff Barker story in the sun this morning. I, I don't have a strong reaction to that whatsoever. <clears throat> Cal Ripken does not have the money to be an owner of a, a baseball team valued at over $1 billion. Cal Ripken is a wealthy individual. Let's make that abundantly clear. But he does not have that type of money. Now, could he be the point person? Unless he's gotten very lucky uh, the last couple months well, yeah. at live casino. May- maybe that's true. Yeah. Maybe he's been lucky at live. I don't I don't know. I have not asked. <laughs> but could he be the point person of a group? Yeah. Yes, he could be. And the, a la what Derek Jeter was in Miami, a la what they're trying to the ironic part being what they're trying to do with Dave Stewart in Nashville. Dave Stewart certainly does not have the money to own a baseball team, but they put a group together to try to get a – it's also part of why this Dave is Dave Dombrowski so, was involved with that before he took the Phillies job. The, they, yeah. they want Dave Stewart to yep. be the point person for an expansion team to come to Nashville. He is not the sole owner. This is not a – he's just not – he's not a billionaire. He does not have that type of money to be that guy. Could – could a group get together and Cal Ripken either be involved or be a point person for it? I, I guess. I, I don't. I don't know. I un, I completely understand why Major League Baseball would want that. It makes all the sense in the world that the guy that's most synonymous with baseball in a city, the major that has been a good but, partner for Major League Baseball, you'd want him to be involved. But part of that really requires Cal to be realistic 100% uh, about what his assets are that he brings to the table and like his dad and like Billy they are great teachers of the game I don't want somebody at 60 years old becoming team president and dictating to Mike Elias what to do when he's had no experience at that and I don't and yeah. right I don't, we have no reason and we to have think, no reason yep. to think that Cal wants to e- do that exactly but right boy do I want him teaching players how to play the game discussing things talking to them one hundred percent is Cal Ripken I mean it's like there's, there's there's great value in that and there's even bigger value in him as a face as a public face of the yep. franchise as being someone that is doing deals and showing up at events and getting partners and all of there's insane value in that being Cal Ripken in that role there's there's no greater value than anyone could provide short of Brooks Robinson but Brooks you know unfortunately at this point in his life it's you know it's just not realistic to think that he could be that guy um so yeah is is it interesting sure but does it really mean anything not not necessarily it doesn't mean anything right now did you watch any of the basketball game last night watched it all um I don't really have a whole lot of takes. I'm surprised by how much Boston wilted over the last couple of games. Yeah. I am. I'm really – and I thought Golden State was going to win the series, but I did not expect Boston to just wilt. And some of it is Golden State played far better defense than any of us – Thought they were A hundred percent. We came into this thinking Golden State was a zero defensively, and did they 
ever turn on a dime as this series went on. They locked in. They bought in defensively. And while, yes, Boston threw the ball away a little bit on their own, they also were very impacted by Golden State playing a level of defense that no one saw coming. Draymond Green um, reemerging these last couple of games. I got to tell you something. There's no question Steph Curry's their best player. Yes. But the engine that drives that team is Draymond Green. As crazy as he is, yep. he got inside their head, Boston. It seemed like they personally just wanted to beat Draymond Green, right. not the Warriors. I mean, you know? they – and then he did – the only thing you can ask is be a threat to shoot from yeah. Dray, Draymond Green because they're going to leave you. They're going to leave you. And if you can at least hit enough – to make them reconsider that thought process, it changes everything. And he hit a couple last night, and it changed everything. And, um, you know, the Jason Tatum story is significant because he stunk. I mean, Jason Tatum, as well as he played for the entirety of these playoffs, the finals were wonderful. Too big for him just right now. And whether that's him just the sheer number of games, having never played that many games during the course of a season and not being ready for it, or the spotlight of the whatever it was – he was not that guy. Help me out with one quick thing with Jason Tatum. If he had gone through his four years at Duke, uh-huh. would he be? What year would he be in? I want to say. His, I want to say he would have been would, a senior now. Right. So, I want to say. So and do all of a sudden he's no, no, playing. No, no, sorry. No, I'm. He would have been out. He would have. This would have been his second season. I keep, okay. I keep forgetting how long Jason Tatum has been in the. He's, the that's what I meant. He's you know been what, in the You know what? Five. It really. What it really screws with me is um, the COVID years. Right. Like it just. So he's been in the league five years already? Yeah. Okay. Which is okay. wild. So it takes the, the, it off a little, years. but he's a baby. Yeah, I mean, he's a baby he's in terms of – He's never played this many yeah. games. Yeah. And, and look, other you know, Steph Curry was not affected by that when he got to his first finals. He was yeah. ready to go and completely – everybody's reaction to getting to this number of games during the course of a year is different. Hey, hey if, if the Celtics organization is got their head on right, this is the kind of loss that – that project, propels them to being a big favorite next year to to be right back there. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess I would say that if Chris Middleton is back with the Bucs, like right. the, the Bucks are probably the favorites in the East as long as they have Giannis this year. They probably would have been the favorites, but they lost Chris Middleton, and that hurt right. them against the Celtics. Um but yeah, I mean, they, look, they've got a, a nice nucleus. Yeah, there's they really a, there's do. a nice. Al Horford's not going to be able to keep doing this for forever. Obviously, this was kind of a, you know, a renaissance season for him. But I don't think you can expect a lot more of Did that. Did he play? Was he in college? Was he in Michigan? Horford? Yeah. No, he was at the, on those Florida teams. So, so who was? Who were they? Tom Izzo. They they were there for his? Draymond. Oh, for Draymond. Yeah, okay. they were okay, there. Yeah, okay. They were okay, there for yep, Draymond. Yep, yep. Uh, yep is yep, the reason why they that were there. That was very cool. Oh, it was awesome. I mean, it was it was very cool to see. And I just stand. I can't escape. Steph Curry continues to be. He's amazing. It, I, there are no words. I, the way I talk about it, Stan, I say <clears throat> I don't know that there are three athletes who I have no emotional connection to in any way. I have nothing that connects me to this person, but I have more enjoyed watching in my life. Yeah. There is no reason for me to be a Steph Curry fan, and I'm not like I don't root for the Warriors. I, I'm a Suns fan. That's who right. I root for. But my God, it is just so joyous watching that man play because with no disrespect to LeBron James, LeBron James is supposed to be that. Right, because he's 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, right, he's, he's a uh, yeah, He's, he's a, a linebacker. He's a fullback. Yeah. Right. 
This mm. he's a tight end, really, is I guess what he is. Yeah. This is a dude that's barely bigger than us. Yeah. And there's no answer for him. Yeah. And the number of times – Josh and I were actually talking last night. Um, I, I guess J- Josh Charles, Stan's nephew. Like the number of times in my life where I've sat in a room by myself watching a basketball game and audibly have said, oh, my God, to no one at all because it's just right. such a force. The three he hit last night when he curled out of bounds <laughs> from the corner – they just handed it back to him, right. and he was falling away and launched. What? <laughs> what is that? Yeah. How is that human? How can anyone do that? And I know he hit the one from the logo last night, and then he hit the one over and the to really iced the game away when they were up by eleven late. But I, and it, his teammates absolutely, and it's genuine. Right. They love this guy. They love they were, him. Yeah. He's he's been nothing but a good citizen. He's been nothing but a wonderful representative of the Kinda NBA. Kind of like Deshaun Watson. I, oh, very, very similar. He has been to me the most likable superstar <clears throat> athlete. That no question about it. I, I don't I don't even know what the comparison would be. I, I you and I talked and the other he's day. He's on the subway commercials. Right, he does the subway <laughs> commercials. You and I talked the other day that I I can't hate Joe Burrow. Right, right. Like I, he just comes off. Really likable. He, I know he plays for a team that's that's gonna he's gonna kick our asses more in the future, likely. Yep. But my God, he just comes off as a really likable dude. It's all we've ever known of Steph. We Steph Curry has been in the spotlight now. Go back to Davidson. Steph Curry's been in the spotlight for a decade and a half, and all we've ever had is good person, good father, good husband. Um, wonderful representative of basketball and joy to watch play. That's yeah. all we've ever had. It's hard not. Again, not. I'm not a Warriors fan. I don't. I don't feel anything. But man, it is hard not to feel good for that guy to succeed, to continuously prove people. He's in his mid 30s now. Like that's how long Steph Curry's been a thing. He's in his mid 30s and he's still doing this. It's it's remarkable. I don't know how else to say it. It's unbelievable what Steph Curry is. Be interesting to see if uh, their number one pick from last James year, Wiseman. James Wiseman, can make it back next year because they they need a presence yeah. in the middle. Yeah, it, you know the 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 sad part it was it was kind of tough watching Clay Thompson during he, these he's finals. Not, he's not the player. He, I mean. It it looks like he got in tremendous shape. Oh my God! It's it, yeah. him being back is really an yeah. amazing story. But, but but the shot and and I kept going. Why is he shooting so much? Yeah, I mean he's got a shooter's mentality. And so I mean it wasn't as high a percentage. I mean I talk to Boogie all the time. Boogie Wineglass, mm-hmm. and he's a huge Warriors fan. Where's has that, been where's for that a little. Why is he? A... He just started after his cancer. Okay, he wasn't out partying or doing he okay. started watching tremendous amounts of basketball right. and he fell in love with the Warriors and he always reminds me that you know he holds the record for points in a period 37 points oh that's in a right period. I do remember that 37 uh-huh. yeah it's insane points. it's insanity well Clay Thompson's a joy also a joy, a to, watch joy play. to watch he's play. a joy to watch play and I know he had big games in the playoffs he had a couple yeah, he of had big a couple games moments yeah but Boy, you just watching the finals got to thinking like I don't know if he can be a centerpiece 
of a championship caliber team moving forward. Yeah. And Jordan Poole obviously has gone a long he's way a, for them in helping. He's a baby. Yeah, he's yeah. a baby. Yeah. Uh, Paul from Orlando, and this is a great point. The funny thing about Draymond is when I go back and watch the Maryland-Michigan State NCAA tournament game from 2010, I don't even think he's one of the top four players on the court in that wow. game. You'd think Gravis would be the one still playing in the NBA. Um, I, I, we certainly didn't know this. And, and, and some of it, <clears throat> he had to be able to do all of the other things. He had to be a defensive player. He had to be a, there was no way to know that that guy could excel for a decade plus in the NBA. I mean, there was just no way for us to see it. And, you know, earlier in the series, he was not excelling. But when they needed him, <laughs> man, my God, did he deliver for yeah. them last night. Did yeah. he deliver big time. Um I don't, there's not a whole lot else to say. And the other, like, the other story is Steve Kerr. Nine titles now between his playing career and coaching career. Five as a player with the Spurs and the Bulls. Four as a coach. I, I Nine he, What he said titles. is you hang around with great players. Yeah, a lot of people. Things like, it's, it's not a bad thing right. to have spent your career with Tim Duncan, Michael <laughs> right. Jordan, right. And, and Steph Curry, right? right. Like, think, good thing. And Kevin Durant and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman right. and David Robinson and Monty. You know, like. You, you start doing the math on that, and you're like, yeah, that, that, that works. Yeah. Like, you're going to have a pretty nice career. But I do think it's a testament to him as well. I absolutely believe. I get it. It's easier to be um, – I think Eric Spolstra, for example, is a good coach. I think he's an excellent coach. It was easier for him to be a great coach when he had yeah, LeBron James, right. Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. He's proving what a good coach he is now as he's getting the absolute most that you could possibly get from these Heat right. teams. He's proving – this, to me, is a better coaching job than what he did with that first group of Agreed. Heat teams. Um, I, I am, I, I'm, I think Steve Kerr is a real – I know it helps to have great players, but I think Steve Kerr, maybe less on the X's and O's and more on the psychology of it, I think he is a tremendous psychological coach. I think he's a brilliant coach, no question about it. And, boy, did he make the right decision when he turned Phil Jackson down. That's a great point, right? That's a great point. No doubt about it. We're into hour number two of today's show. It's also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Glory Burgers, Glory Wings, Glory Ribs. There's glory for everyone at your neighborhood at Glory Days Grill. We love Glory Days Grill. And great specials throughout the course of the week, Stan, whether you're looking for burgers on Mondays for $7.99 or $6.99 chili nachos on Thursdays, they've got it for you at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, glorydaysgrill.com. Um, this is bittersweet, right? Like we were hoping that we we're going to be having this conversation today, popping champagne bottles. But uh, we know that this man did everything in his power and his group. And um, unfortunately, the the system is the system. Joining us now, he is the executive director of Maryland Sports. He's a friend, Mr. Terry Hasseltine, and he's with us here on GCR. Terry, it's Glenn and Stan the Fan. Uh, I, I wish it was under other circumstances, but really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us. Um, my, my pleasure, and I, I appreciate you know your support um, of our effort. I appreciate your support of our organization as a whole. And, you know, anytime you call, we'll, we'll, we'll jump on. We love talking about what we do, you know, in sports across the entire state and the city of Baltimore. So anytime we can talk, you know, sports, I'm, I'm ready for it. Well, we're going to talk a lot about the things you do have coming up. Let's let's spend a minute. Um, I, I saw the statement this morning, and I, I know how much. I know what an effort you all put into this. Is there is there any frustration about how the game was played at all, Terry? 
I would say I'm frustrated. I mean, yes, am I disappointed? Um, you know, you go back and you look at the playbook and you say, hey, did you know, should I have gone left when you know I should have gone right? And you know, analyzing it all. And you know what? It goes to the, the, the cliche. You know, we left it all on the field, and you know, the the goalpost wasn't as close as we thought it might have been. Do you fear? I'm trying to ask this, and I know you not. I know you don't want to say anything. Do you do you worry at all that it wasn't <clears throat> the game wasn't fair? Do you worry about that at all? Um, there's little parts of it, you know, but this is a relationship uh, business, um, and having good relationships is, you know, definitely a benefit. Um, however, I don't want to, you know, cast you know, doubts or shade over, because I thought the process was very, was very open, very transparent throughout the last, you know, it feels like an eternity, but the last five years, you know, when FIFA asked us to do things and when we asked back of FIFA for clarification, they were right there. Um, The the process was, was clear. The only thing, you know, in all fairness was last night, you know, not having any insight as to what was going to finally be shown on the screens was probably the only thing we were in the dark about. Mm. And then two, um, we'll find out hopefully in the next month or so, um, or sooner, you know, what was our, our shortcoming, you know, you know, can they identify something or is it truly that, you know, everybody who was listed in us were just so equal that, you know, they went to the next criteria, and I don't know what that would be, and we just didn't make that list of, uh, of 11. You know, it, when, you, when you rehash this in your mind, it, it almost seems like the fact that it became a three-country endeavor with Canada, the United States, and Mexico, it lessened the odds that we would be a part of this at the, at the end of the day. But I'm wondering if... Is an organization like FIFA helpful at all in the postmortems? Do they will they explain to you what the shortcomings, if any, there were? Um, I think you know the way this process was assembled. I, I do believe that um, they will come back to us and give us some insights onto maybe what we might have been able to adjust and/or correct for you know future opportunities. But I also know that you know. They're still looking at us for other opportunities, sure. base camps, training sites, you know, other delegation potentially meetings and conferences that are associated with the, the FIFA, you know, um, World Cup, et cetera. So, you know, at the end of the day, I still think, you know, we're going to be touching the World Cup. Yep. We're just not going to be putting, you know, matches on in the building um, associated with it. At the end of the day, Terry, I know you got a bag that you like to fill up with cash from events. That, you know, I don't mean you personally, <laughs> but yeah. can you explain to our listeners out there and viewers what the difference is between hosting games financially for the state of Maryland and if we do become the base camp and a host city, what the difference is in yeah, those economics? Yeah, I mean, economics? you're looking at an economic windfall with matches being played in the building in excess of $400 million in economic return, um, all the way up to, you know, 700 plus million. Right. You know, being a base camp training site and still being, you know, connected, we'll probably see some economic activity, probably more in the 75 to $100 million range. Um, but that's a, that's a totality of multiple yeah. things that will add up over the course of 
the next four and a half years before the World Cup and then during the World Cup. So it, it, it's, it's spread out and, you know, um, over the course of time, that, that number now, where with match play, that was during that 30 days yep. of, you know, being a host city, hosting matches, you were going to see that 400 to 700 mil, you know. So it, it, it's a big swing. Yep. But at the end of the day, you're not. You're still not going to shy away from seventy-five to one hundred. <laughs> yep. that's yep. a pretty good. You'll take it. Work. Yep. yep, you'll take it. There's no doubt yep. about it. Terry Hasseltine with us here on GCR. Terry, is is there a timeline? Do we know at all for finding out more information about that part of this process? Um, we got a letter late last night from FIFA. Um, that said they'd like to get on a call with us in the next three to four weeks. Okay. All right. Well, we will. We will hope for the best. Yes, it would be. Uh, you know, it's a consolation, but it's a consolation we take at this point, um, as you point yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, it's still the largest sporting event in the world. Yep. Um, it's still um, the global game. You know, we still, you know, we, we kicked off a lot of initiatives tied around our effort. You know, as I said to you on the previous conversation, we, we started our legacy plan, you know, around the bid, you know, with Let's Play, international football development, our football for peace. We're not going to shy away from still carrying those things on and carrying those things out because, you know, one, it's the right thing to do, but two, they're, they're instrumental you know, things that help the next generation of Baltimoreans and Marylanders, you know, in this process. So we're not going to negate our legacy plan. You know, we're still going to carry it out. And if, like I said, if we can still have a part in touch the, the World Cup in 26, it only enhances the deliverable that we're helping our, our next generation with, you know, quality, you know, um, opportunities because of the effort that we went through over the last five years. Terry, um, I know this ends the bid for games in the 2026 World Cup. Does it does it end the desire to host friendlies, you know, more more soccer games over the next four or five years, building up to that? Or is that part of the process if we become a host city? Well, I, it's part of the process regardless. I mean, anytime we can bring the, the beautiful game to the city of Baltimore, we're going to, you know, give it our best effort. You know, we still have opportunity on, on CONCACAF Gold Cup-related events. Right. You know, we got um, Arsenal-Everton obviously yep. playing this summer on uh, July 16th and, and, and working with those two clubs. So we're not going to give up on, you know, the global game coming to, to, to Baltimore. And, yeah, it still does – we still have a case to make. I mean, you know, we all know that odd things have happened in the past on opportunities. You know, a city could drop out for some odd reason, yep. and they need to, you know, resurrect another city, and that could be us for all we know. Yep. Um, so we're not giving up. We're just, you know, setting our sights on, you know, a different trajectory on, you know, how we're going to stay associated with the beautiful game and, and making sure that the city of Baltimore and the state of Maryland are, you know, still in consideration for other activities. So, how, how is that that game in July selling right now? Is it is it a sellout, or are there still tickets available? There's still tickets available. Um, we were really hoping that last night's announcement yeah. uh, was going to be a catalyst to really drive it forward. Um, but I also think it, you know, last night's announcement actually helps us because um, we now have something to prove. We can say, hey. We didn't like the decision you made on June 16th, and on July 16th, we're going to show you why. Mm. Mm. And so a yeah, little, little maybe motivation there to say, let us show you why we think you, you know, might have made a wrong decision on hosting matches. And, you know, Baltimore and Maryland fans got to come out and support that event. I'm telling you right now, I 
I'm, I'm excited about, uh, you know, the Arsenal-Everton match, the uh, Charm City matches it's being referred to. Um, I'm excited that those are two clubs that are actually partnering with us on some Football for Peace-related matters, you know, helping us with our legacy um, from our bid. So if you're listening, get to M&T Bank Stadium on July 16th and, and, and watch the Arsenal-Everton, and let's make that place just as loud as possible. And, you know, I'd love to send that video uh, to hmm. Zurich and say, hmm. hey, what you missing? Yep, one hundred percent. You could have had this. This could have been. This could have been uh, us, but you playing, as the kids say yep. on the internet. Hey, I got yeah, one, so I a little got bit of pride factor there, I, and you know, a little bit of showmanship there, saying, "Hey, you know, you know, okay. we can do this, and we, we're going to prove it again." Terry, I got one last question for you. I, I was th- I, I was through this with the NFL expansion hunt back in '92, when yeah. the, when in the bottom of the ninth inning after Charlotte was awarded the franchise, and then they said, we've decided to hold an abeyance for 30 days, and we're going to come back and name the the last team. And in that time, they said, Maryland, Baltimore, we think you should go go from Boogie Wineglass or the Glazers and bring in Al Lerner. That will help your your, uh, attempt to get this expansion franchise. And Baltimore, Maryland did that. Uh, the Maryland Stadium Authority did that. It rang the same bell to me that it, that happened over the last few weeks when D.C. and Maryland combined their efforts. Yeah. You, were, you were sort of instructed by FIFA that this would benefit your bid. Was that? Yeah. Do you think that was just BS, or do you think that there was something tangible that they were trying to see in combining the bid? I, I think it was definitely something that, um, you know, going to your account, it was recommended to us yep. um, because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, our partner is the nation's capital. Our, our partner isn't just, quote, unquote, some other city. Mm-hmm. It was the nation's capital. Yep. Um, I think there was, you know, some belief that, um, you know, the World Cup being close and they're tied to the nation's capital was a, a critical move. Um but I guess once they sat down and really looked at the totality of it, um, they decided that that wasn't as critical a move as maybe something else that they had to select. Yeah. So um, I still leave the door open. Um, I Like I said, I we don't know. I mean, one of the cities selected <laughs> might be like, oh, I didn't think we were get this far, and uh, we're not ready. And, mm-hmm. you know, they might have to come back to us for something. And so, you know, like I said, from the get-go, I, I think FIFA – was fair um, during the entire process up to, you know, the last week or so where we kind of were in the dark on to, you know, what was going to be seen last night. But outside of that, uh, I'm not disappointed in our effort. I'm not disappointed in the team. I'm not disappointed in anything else besides, you know, the fact that our name didn't get called last night. I'm really proud of everybody who's involved with this, and I'm proud to, you know, say we're going to still work together and, and get some of these other great things that we have planned done. Well, let's let's talk. Oh, oh boy, I think we just lost Terry. I think we just lost Terry. We'll see if we can. No, I'm here. Oh, you're there. Okay, I apologize. Okay. Don't know what happened there, Terry. Um, I, I just want to spend a minute here because you bring up the Charm City match, and it's absolutely an example of what I've been talking about over the last 24 hours. A lot of people have chosen Baltimore. A lot of people have chosen Maryland, and. Yep. 
Um, the Women's Lacrosse World Championships are getting underway in two weeks at Towson, and obviously the Charm City Classic. And I know you guys got more good news this week that uh, Army-Navy will be returning as we got yep. uh, Navy-Notre Dame this year and then Army-Navy moving forward. That, that to me, like, is I, whatever we're lamenting about and, and belly aching. And trust me, I'm devastated. I'm crushed. I so, you know, I so badly wanted to, to pop bottles with you. And, yeah. And th- th- I was so excited about it. But, my God, there could not be any more amazing, wonderful, world-class events that are coming to our region and folks that did choose the state of Maryland to be a partner. Yeah, I mean, you, you hit on them. You, you the CIAA. The Charm City, you know, match this summer. The Maryland Cycling Classic over Labor Day weekend. The Maryland Five Star up at Fair Hill. You know, we got obviously the World Lacrosse Women's World Championship happened up at Towson and Goucher in a couple weeks. Um, all kinds of youth and amateur sporting events going on across the state on a you know every weekend basis. So we don't. We're hanging our hat on some really awesome stuff, and we're looking at things in the future. And then you, you allude to we have, you know, Army Navy coming in 25. You know, Notre Dame in, in Navy. You know, in November. I mean, shoot, we we have some awesome stuff on uh, on the radar, and a lot of people have chosen Baltimore, have chosen the state of Maryland. You know, to come participate, play, and you know what? Even around the World Cup, the people are still going to come to Baltimore, Maryland, and and the district. Um, to do World Cup-related activities, and, you know, we have nothing to be sulking about because the future's very bright. We're just, you know, disappointed for a few of No doubt. No doubt. There's no doubt about it. MarylandSports.us. Terry Hasseltine, what else can we plug for you? No, MarylandSports.us, you know, SportCorpMaryland.us. You know, you got the the cycling class, the five-star Charm City match this summer. I mean, you know, Glenn, you guys have been great. You know, you're great partners, you're great friends um, of the uh, the sport tourism industry, and you know, we're just going to keep you know keep our eye on you know the opportunities that you know present themselves to us, and you know, help our partners across the state make sure that we deliver them here here to Maryland. Well, I'm very for, proud of our team. I'll for sure see you at Towson in a couple of weeks as we uh, embrace yeah. the Women's Lacrosse World Championships. Terry, appreciate it again. I know it's tough, but. Uh, so grateful for all of the work you and your team did to try to make this happen over the course of the last couple of years. Thanks for taking the time for us. No, my pleasure, and thank you again. Terry Asseltine, Executive Director of Maryland Sports. When we come back in, Jordan Westberg is going to join us from the Norfolk Tides, where he is just killing it since getting the call up. Today's show also brought to you by, uh, how about, um, this one's brought to you by uh, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Great place to be for Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Finals. The U.S. Open this weekend. Email events at sportssocialmd.com to reserve your spot as they are expecting big crowds all weekend. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy our award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings. Or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Are you ready, soccer fans? This summer, the English Premier League returns to Baltimore. Arsenal, Everton, square off in the Charm City match 
July 16th, under the lights at M&T Bank Stadium, home of the Baltimore Ravens. This is your only opportunity to take in a Premier League match this summer in the Mid-Atlantic region. Individual and group tickets are on sale at BaltimoreRavens.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very first Salute the Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Inside, tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sarovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Pierce. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Coach Lou Eckerl with stories from the players who these coaches have impacted most over the years. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip, that first bite, mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fendel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. And Stan the Fan is here with us for a Friday edition of the program. You know, Stan, it's supposed to be tougher to hit when you move up from double A to triple A. Get promoted. What yeah. I've heard over the years. It's supposed yep. to be more difficult. Yeah. Uh, this dude got caught up, and all he's doing is hitting, I don't know, 414 in his first week at the triple A level. OPS of. 1330. Was that unimaginable? You that, you're saying that like it's good. Yeah, it's saying like that. otherworldly. <laughs> like yep. you want that. Uh, it's a pleasure to welcome in one of the top uh, middle infield prospects in the Orioles system. He is Jordan Westberg, and he's back with us here on GCR. Jordan, it's Glenn and Stan in Baltimore. It's good to catch up with you. Thank you for taking the time for us. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Jordan, you, you know it's supposed to be harder when you move up from one level to the next. What? Don't, what? Don't tell them. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, what in the world is going on, man? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on, but 
don't jinx anything for me. I'm pretty good right now. So. Yeah, we're a little late on that. Yeah, right. I don't, I don't, I don't blame you. Um, what did it mean when when you got the call? I know it was cool that you and Gunner got the hall the call at the same time because we've we've been talking to the two of you. It's almost like you've been inseparable for the last couple of years. But what did it mean to you to to know? Okay, this is it. This is the last stop. I'm I'm one step away now from from reaching the dream. It's just a special feeling. Um, just like you said, you know. It's the realization that hey, I'm I'm one step closer. I'm one step away from, you know, your ultimate goal as a baseball player of of reaching the major league level. And um, yeah, it was just special. It, it was a cool moment, not only for for myself but for Gunner, and then for us to kind of go up at the same exact time, be roommates. Now it is also just really cool. Jordan, um, I'm just curious. You, how much attention do you? pay to the major league club and who's playing what position and how it affects or impacts you and where you think you ultimately fit when you get to Baltimore. If, if, if you had your druthers, would it be as a shortstop, second base? I mean, what do you think? Uh, I try not to pay too much attention to that. Um, obviously, I see the games on television. Um, I'm a huge baseball fan off the field, so I enjoy watching um, ball um, whenever I can. But uh, to answer your question, I really don't care. Um, I've, you know, this year I've been playing three different positions, you know, pretty evenly split. I feel comfortable at if I get the call to get moved up at any of those three positions. And um, right now I'm just trying to, you know, it's pretty cliche, but take one day at a time, just try to to tune up some things at all, all the positions, you know, in the box with the bat. But, um, you know, if it happened tomorrow, I, I don't think that I would have one choice over the other. I don't think it would, you know, affect me too much if they say, oh, you're going to be here, or you're going to be there. I, I think that um, I'd be pretty prepared at any of those three infield spots. What if, what if the spot ended up being not one spot, but just like you said, if they brought you up and they say, hey, this gives us a chance to rest this guy one day, and you're playing four times a week the first year, but you're playing three different positions, could you handle that? I think I could. I, I think um, I'd be more than willing to do whatever I can to put myself in a good position to be on the field every day. Mm-hmm. If that means playing multiple positions, so be it. If it means playing one position, so be it. Um, you know, uh, it, I'm a ball player uh, at heart, and I, you know, I don't care where I play. I don't care how I get on the field. As long as I get those opportunities, I trust that um, I'm going to play hard and and just will my way into some kind of success. And by the way, if you hit four fourteen, we're going to let you play all the positions, Jordan. We're just going to let you every single one of them is where you're going to play. Jordan Westberg with us here on GCR. Um, it, just just to, to wrap up that part of this, we went, since you can get moved up to AAA, I know you've been playing a lot of third base, but you hadn't played there yet at Norfolk. Should we read into anything in that way? Has there been anything said to you like, hey, we're pretty sure we're, it's going to be second or short? Or, you know, could we, we should we not be surprised if tonight you were playing third base? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if tonight I'm playing third base. I think that's just kind of how my play schedule goes. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I've only played second and short so far since being moved up, but um, we've got Bannon over there who's, yeah. you know, one of the top third basemen in the org right now. And, um, you know, when he gets his day off, I'm sure that either Gunner or I will go over there and, and play. So 
I'm sure there's a rotation going on behind the scenes that I, I don't know about. Um, and, you know, whenever my name gets called to go over there, I'll be ready. Hey, Jordan, uh, we, we've gotten to talk to different people in the organization, but they're organizational people, not teammates. I know we have you on to talk about you, but I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about how impressive what Gunnar Henderson is doing and realizing that I think he's three years younger than you. Yeah. I, yeah. I, how, I mean, how incredible is that? Yeah, I mean, just just putting that in words, uh, a 20-year-old in AAA is pretty special. Yeah. Um, as is, and then for him to just be the ball player that he is, be the, the human, be the teammate that he is, um, be able to mesh in a clubhouse full of older guys, and then obviously do what he's been able to do on the field. Uh, there's not many people in this world that can do that. And um, it's just, he's just a special talent. He's a special human being. He's a special person. And he's, he's one of the good ones. I think the Orioles are very, very lucky to have him in our org. Um, I'm certainly glad that he's not on the other side of the field (laughs) playing against us because it'd be a long day for our pitching staff. So (laughs) um, he's, I mean, he's just one of the good ones. He's one of the special ones. And, Hopefully, here in uh, you know the near future, he can be up there and making an impact at the big league level. Yeah, the tides are home this weekend. If you're headed down that way, or maybe you need something to do this weekend, make a trip down. Uh, a bag giveaway tonight. Boy Scout night tonight. Fireworks tomorrow. Uh, Syracuse oh, is who they've the got Chiefs. this weekend. It's actually the Mets now. They oh, changed. They changed. Yeah, they're now the Mets after they changed uh, affiliates. Okay. So um, uh, get down to uh, go to NorfolkTides.com to find out more and get down. Uh, to Norfolk this weekend, um, Jordan. I, you know, I, I'm fascinated by it. I, I, we had Gunner on a couple weeks ago. the The way that you guys are kind of on the field versus off the field. When you guys are just like hanging out, are you competitive? Like when you guys play video games or do whatever it is that you're doing, are you as competitive with each other away from baseball as you kind of have to be when you're playing baseball? Probably not. No, we're we're intense on the field and then off the field we kind of separated i think we both do a good job of that um now obviously if we're in some kind of competition whether it's um pool uh ping pong you know stuff like that then it gets the intensity ramps back up. okay but uh, when, when yeah, you say not... this is this is what's fascinating to me like if we walked in on you guys playing ping pong would you be like dripping in sweat type of it like if you once you get there are you capable of turning? Are you capable of just being like, ah, who cares? Or do you have to be that type of competitive? No, I think that I think involuntarily those competitive juices turn on. Yeah, and yeah, I think if you walked in, it'd be a it'd be a pretty sweaty match to watch. He'd, uh, <laughs> it, I'd be the one sweating. He's way better than me at ping pong, so okay. he'd be <laughs> having me running back and forth across the table. But, um, but it would be competitive. It'd be a lot of fun. Is there a sense? Uh, right now, Jordan, amongst the young players, and I know I don't know how well you know Kyle Stowers, who's up with the big club right now. He'll probably be returning in the next few days uh, down there. But is there a sense that we're part of something that's going to be special, like a wave that's about to descend upon Major League Baseball, that this is going to be a really special group? I think so. I think everybody believes that deep down. I think um, 
and it's not only the young guys that feel that. I think it's everybody in the organization, right? I think everybody sees what's happening at each level and um, the success that teams are having, the excitement that people or players are bringing to the field every day. And, um, you know, I think here in the near future, like we're going to bring a competitive, um, yeah. a competitive team to the major league level. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to bring the baseball back to Baltimore and, and make that city, you know, what it used to be where it's, there's an excitement, there's a buzz around Camden uh, all the time. Along those lines, you can't win in the big leagues unless you got pitching. Uh, did you play behind Grayson before he got hurt? I played a, a, a for a few games uh, in Bowie last year. Okay. In the months that I was up last year, I got to play behind him, and you're, you're, um, it's it's pretty special playing behind that guy. Your thoughts on him and DL Hall? Uh, the best. Hmm. Um, I got to play behind DL yesterday. It was. I know it wasn't probably a long outing that he wanted, but I think he went four and a third and struck out 11. Like, I think those speak for themselves. Um, two walks, you know, one run. Um, I think it was a more dominant performance than than he gives credit to himself. Um, you know, there weren't many hard hit balls put in play. Um, a lot of, of silly looking swings. Like, I, I think that Dion and Grayson both, just every time they pitch, it seems like, the other team has to scratch, bite, and claw to get anything past them. And that can't be a good feeling in the box. I think most of us hitters have been there. And um, Anytime you have a lineup feeling that way, you put your team in a position to win. And that's all you can ask for at the end of the day. All right. I, I got to cover a couple of things with you. We got to talk about the power because we always knew that power was a potential for you. And you hit 15 home runs a year ago. But you're 12 home runs in through 54 games at this point. Um, are you starting to feel something like the? Do, do you know? Hey, I can be a a 20 to 30 home run guy when I get to the big leagues. Yeah, I I think I always knew that, um, and it was just you know last year being my first year in pro ball, uh, I learned a lot. I'm still learning a lot. I mean, every day's every day brings new new lessons. Um, I came into this year feeling like I took care of business in offseason, got okay. a little bit stronger, got a little bit uh, more physical in the box, uh, made a few adjustments late last year that I think really helped um, my athleticism and kind of that power come to play when I'm in the box. And uh, obviously you're starting to see it a little bit more now this year. And um, Yeah, I, I knew that I could be that person. I didn't realize it was going to happen this quickly. Hopefully it keeps happening. You know, hopefully none of this is jinxing myself. Right. But. I, I'm realizing that if it goes south for a week, you're never going to come on with us again. Like, it just struck yeah, me. It, <laughs> like that's, it's the, yeah. That's the way it's going to go because we're talking too much about it. And, and I did – I wanted to follow up. Like, is is there something I, – I know you had a little bit of a stomach bug the other night, but is there something that has changed? Like, can you explain why it's been so simple for you making the jump so far? Uh, no, I really, I don't know. Um, I don't really have, I can't put my finger on one thing. I think my ability just to, um, to quickly learn and, and try to keep things as simple as they possibly can be. Obviously hitting a baseball can be, is probably one of the more difficult things to do, but, um, just, I feel like for myself, as long as I'm keeping it simple and as long as I'm stepping into the box 
um, with conviction and, and a plan of how I want to go about this at bat and sticking to that, I think that gives me a good chance to put something in play hard and or you know draw a walk or do something good for my team. Jordan, uh, I play fantasy baseball, and going into my draft this year, there was a pitcher in the Cleveland Indians organization that I kind of wanted to get in the ultra round, which is after we draft all the players in the big leagues. And his name was Daniel Espina. I think that's how you pronounce it. About a month ago, four or five weeks ago, my editor here at Pressbox was out because he's friendly with a Houston scout who told him, you ought to go out and see this guy. I think he struck out 14 out of 15 batters. You're reminding him of this? You're rubbing it in? <laughs> I just, and Gunner hit him, took him deep. I think that was the only hit you guys got off him. How special is that player or that pitcher? Uh, yeah, I don't ever want to hear his name for his face <laughs> again. Um, <laughs> that was that was a difficult difficult game. I mean, he he was about as good as as you can create him to be. He was like a creative pitcher on you know MLB the Show. Um, he had three pitches working that night. All of them were were plus velo plus movement. Um, he was commanding the zone and and for a young guy, he just had a demeanor on the mound that was uh, well above his years. So I think he's going to be another really good talent um, for that organization. And hopefully the next time I have to face him is in the big leagues. I don't want to see him anytime soon. <laughs> hey, I got one more for you. I'm going to take a shot on this. Were you, you were at Aberdeen last year, correct? Correct. Uh, the other night I was talking to my editor, and he said, God, this guy for the Texas Rangers, Ezekiel Duran, he goes, I was at a game in Aberdeen last year when he was playing for the Yankees organization because he was part of the trade for uh, Gallo. And he mm-hmm. said he hit a home run in Aberdeen that I've never seen anything like. And that means he was playing A ball last year. He was just brought up two weeks ago from double yeah. A, and he's raking at the major league level. Do you remember him at all? Oh, yeah. I think the first night we played him, he hit for the cycle in Aberdeen. Um, <laughs> Jordan's never coming back on with us, Stan. Like, you understand? No, all I'm, you're doing I can, is tell he's a, I can tell he's a baseball fan. Yeah, he does. There's no doubt. I am, yeah. No, no. I've, I've been following all all the, the guys that I've played against in the past year that have been moved up. It's pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, not only for, you know, kudos to them, but it, it gives you perspective of how close you could actually yep, be exactly. yourself. Um, so it gives you a little bit of hope. But, no, it's – it's he's he was a good player um yeah i think he had a really special week against us uh yeah he good player obviously raking in the bigs um and that's in another good organization right now with a lot of infield depth and for him to make a splash in the big leagues and stay there for a considerable amount of time it says something about him he is Jordan Westberg. Uh, again, NorfolkTides.com to find out more. Jordan, what about you? Twitter, Instagram, where should Orioles fans be giving you a follow? Either or. doesn't matter. Um, I'm not super active on either, but, uh, you know, don't, don't make that stop from giving me a follow. Jordan underscore CW21 on uh, Twitter is where you can find them, and on Instagram, you are same thing, right? The same thing, same very, thing, yep. Very good. 
Jordan Westberg, really appreciate taking the time Great for us, man. You. May, yep. may you hit 400 for the rest of your life, and maybe we be popping bottles with you if uh, you forgive us one day for bringing up all the, the bad memories. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Yeah, of course, guys. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Jordan Westberg from the uh, Norfolk Tides. I was ready for you to run through I got the entire list of guys that struck you out. <laughs> I was ready for that. Yeah, the list was really Luke Jackson gets out to yeah, these right? games and sees these performances. Yeah. You know, that home run, he said, was like he goes, and then like 10 days later, he was traded from the Yankees. That was Organs. the one. They that gave up. They gave up Ezekiel Duran, yeah. Glenn Otto, who's pitching uh-huh. starter for them, uh-huh. and a guy named Josh Smith, okay. who had made it to the majors, then got hurt in his third game. Okay. Of course, he's on my fantasy. Of course, team. he is. And you better, you better and not. Ezekiel by the way, Duran, you better not. I'm touch not going to take. I'm, you better I'm gonna, not. I'm not taking. He's you a nice kid. Better not do that. Today. Not going to ruin him, that, Gunner that, or Adley. That poor guy. You better not do that. Thank you to Jordan Westberg for taking the time for us this morning. Greatly appreciate it. Before we wrap up today, we're going to chat with Heston Kerstad, uh, who's back, and that's exciting. We like that. Uh, new print issue of Pressbox is available at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. It our, our salute to coaches issue. We recognize John Harbaugh as he uh, celebrates his 15th year as a head coach in the NFL and inside all sorts of area coaches that also have either surpassed or are approaching milestones, like Kenny Amatololo from Navy, Pete Karinji from UMBC, Sasha Sorovsky and Missy Maharg from Maryland. Janine Tucker from, from Recently retired, as well as Lou Eckroll from Calvert Hall, Kendall Pierce from Poly, um, and I, I think I'm missing somebody, and I apologize for that. Oh, Pat Clatchy from Mount St. Joe. Uh, all recognized inside by the players that they coached and that had meaningful relationships with them. So it's a very special issue. Go get it right now. Stan, you got to uh, to run out. I got to run out. My wife needs me at home uh, for something for chores. Oh yeah, well that's her, that's that's what you're good so for. I'm at that's what that's what you're good for. Chores, hey man, so. that's the way life works. Good to Appreciate see you. you. Uh, you'll be on with the guys from the bat around tomorrow morning. I'll be on with the guys from the bat around. No word yet on who Ross and I will have Monday night. Wednesday night at uh, 7 o'clock, Kyle Harrison, yep. a former star player for Johns Hopkins. Yep. And then Thursday night, Terry Hazeltine will join All us right. on our Zooms. Busy week next week for yep. Stan the Fan. Appreciate you, sir. We will see you soon. It's the Chief Grand Poobah here at Press Box, Stan the Fan Charles. As I mentioned, when we come back in, we're going to catch up with Heston Kerstad. That's on the way. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambling.com. Help.org. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. 
Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Yeah. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Hey, be more The Orioles 2022 Birdland Summer Music Series presented by Miller Lite kicks off Friday, June 17th with Flo Rider. After the O's take on the Tampa Bay Rays, stay for the post-game concert and watch Flo Rider perform live from the infield. The concert is free to all fans who attend the game with the option to add special on-field access. With hit singles like My House and his latest single, Wait, what better way to watch Flo Rider perform live at Camden Yards on June 17th? Buy tickets now at Orioles.com slash music. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very first Salute the Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Inside, tributes to Navy football coach Kenny Amatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sarovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and Poly basketball coach Kendall Pierce. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl with stories from the players who these coaches have impacted most over the years. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle. Take it away, boys. All right, back in here on GCR. It is a Friday edition of the program. Thanks to Stan the Fan for coming in and hanging out with us. We had to do this a little bit earlier on because of uh, his schedule down in Delmarva, but uh, he's back. He's playing baseball, and we love that. An opportunity to catch up with Heston Kerstad right here on GCR. Well, it's been a while since the last time we had the opportunity to catch up with our next guest. He is, of course, the number two overall pick in 2020. And now, with the Delmarva Shorebirds, after what I can only imagine has been a trying couple of years for him, it's great to see him back out on the field. And Heston Kerstad is with us here on GCR. Heston, it's Glenn up in Baltimore. It's good to catch up with you again. Thank you for taking the time for us. Thanks for having me. Um, Heston, can you just put into words what it's meant to you to simply play the game of baseball and compete this week after everything you've been through these last couple of years? Uh, it's, it's been really enjoyable, a lot of fun after having to go through a couple of things I've been through over the last few years, just perseverance and, you know, it honestly makes the game more enjoyable getting back to it has it i was gonna say has it like changed your perspective for just the sport as a whole and what it is that you do oh yeah for sure you know uh sometimes you get to play a sport growing up and you just show up every day and 
you've never been through injuries or setbacks. And then once you have to be sidelined for an extended period of time, you know, you, you realize how much uh, enjoyment you get out of playing the game. Heston, as, as you get back out there, was, was there anything that you needed to see from yourself? Was there anything that did, – did your confidence in your baseball ability ever waver at all as you were going through, you know, everything that you went through? Oh, for sure. That, that's human nature to question yourself a little bit. But once I've gotten on back on the field and, you know, I step back in the box, it's kind of like being home again. You Everything kind of comes back to you and you – you prove to yourself that you're still the same player you were and you can still do the same things you always have. And once I was able to do that and it's back to my normal self, having the confidence in your game and just improving every day, just see how good you can get. I don't imagine that when you were drafted, like you're the, the first hit you got in low A ball was like a priority for you. But when you did get it the other night, did you, did you find yourself like, did it mean more to you? Did you maybe want that baseball a little bit more than you might have had it happened two years ago? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, <laughs> first hit in, in a while after everything, you know, I definitely, definitely wanted to get that one out of the way and definitely a lot of enjoyment behind it. Heston Kerstad is with us here on GCR. He's with the Delmarva Shorebirds right now. Um, Heston, was, was, was there ever real fear for you about whether or not baseball was going to happen? Did you ever go through a moment where you had made peace with like, I, I just, it just might not happen for me. Did you go through any of that? Oh, no, I, I could never made peace with that. And the medical staff here with the Orioles were, they were great through the whole process. It wasn't a matter of if I'd be playing baseball, it was a matter of when we get everything on track and get me healthy to play again and get on the field. So, you know, it was, it was tough to stay positive, but at the end of the day, you know, there, there was always light at the end of the tunnel, even though at times it didn't seem like there was much light, but, you know, made it through and now we're back playing. So, from a from a physical standpoint, right, with with your heart, is there anything that you have to like? When you got the clearance, do you have to monitor yourself? Is there anything long term that is impactful? From so many of us don't know anything at all about myocarditis, Heston. You know, like it's something we had never even heard of um, until recently. Obviously, is there anything long term that you just have to be aware of or, or, or notice about yourself or take care of yourself in a different way because of it? Uh. No, nothing's changed now that I've gotten clear. It's just back to the normal way I've always lived. That's awesome. Going about everything the same. That's... Luckily, that there's no no concerns and just live my normal life like I always have. Yeah, that's so great. We are so happy to hear that. All right, so now, like, do you find it difficult to not want to speed up the process? Because, like, do you find it tough to – did you almost say, like, all right, I got a hit. We can go up to double A now, right? Like, did you, do you go through any of that where it's tough to not want to speed everything up just because of how much time you missed? Uh, probably a little bit more so the first few games, like, wanting to get hits or everything like that, probably trying to – Four stuff rather than letting the game come to me. But, you know, as you play more, it slows down. And then, of course, you know, I want to move up the ranks and levels as fast as I can. But at the end of the day, 
I just got to become the best player I can become. And whether I'm in low A or high A, double A, wherever, you know, I get that opportunity every day to go out there and work on my craft. And that's, that's what matters. So that way, when I get opportunities later on down the road, uh, I've prepared myself and sharpened my skills to be able to play at a high level. He is Heston Kerstad, and he's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Heston, um, who did you lean on the most these last couple of years? Like, like who were? I, I'm sure your family had a lot to do with it. I don't know if there were any other players or folks that in the organization, but but who helped you when when you were dealing with doubt or concern? Like, who who were the most important people in your life to sort of get you through what has been, you know, a period of of, of a really tough couple of years? Uh, without a doubt, my parents. I. I leaned on them the most. They they were there for me through everything and also my siblings. I've always been I've always been close with my parents and really close to my siblings. So anytime I was down or going through it, they they knew it before I would even tell them. So they'd kind of you know, make sure I stay positive or you know, just keep me doing stuff to kind of you know, like focus on the positive and the grand scheme of things so you know they were awesome through the whole thing so thankful to have uh some support behind me like that are you the type that responds better to like an emotional support and 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 really kind things or are you the type i know a lot of athletes respond better to ball busting are you the type that kind of likes it when somebody makes fun of you a little bit when you're going through something tough uh i think there's a Give and take a little bit. Okay. Uh, my siblings, my siblings, or my brothers, are definitely a little bit more on the joke around. Yeah. And that's great for given times, and we we still joke about it. Or some of my siblings, and there's there's a given time where it's nice to you know get a little bit more. Right. You, you get a little. You get like some stuff, bad news one day. You get like a bad medical report. You don't necessarily need to have somebody bust your balls afterwards. Yeah, but later on down the road my brothers will crack jokes and stuff where it's like, okay, like now it's, it's on, it's behind you. So it's good and all. So, but but it's good stuff. No, you need that. You absolutely, you hundred percent, you need, somebody needs to bring levity when you're dealing with something very difficult, right? Like it's, it's gotta work that way. Um, Heston, I, I noticed that you, um, last winter got to go up to the, the Jimmy's tailgate and you got to spend some time with Cal Ripken. Did, did you, I don't know if it was just a photo or did you have any opportunity to actually like chat with him while you were there that day and, 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 and talk to him? Did, did he tell you anything in that time you spent together? Uh, you know, Grace and I were up there together, so it was cool to be able to meet Cal Ripken. He's, he's a legend, you know, I grew up playing Cal Ripken baseball, so it's pretty cool. It's pretty, pretty cool to meet the dude behind all of the, all the stuff. And obviously his unreal career being the Iron Man and stuff. It was, you know, I asked him a few questions. His his time was limited. He's he's a busy dude, but <laughs> he just made, he mainly told me and Grayson just you know just keep doing your thing, stay focused, and enjoy the process. It's it's a fun game to play, and you know y'all both have great careers, but you know enjoy it. That's There's awesome. Good times and bad times through the whole thing, and. And enjoy the good and 
persevere through the bad. So that's awesome, man. I mean, look, you're spending whatever it is, you're spending time with Cal Ripken, dude. I mean, it doesn't get a lot better than that. <laughs> there's, there's. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's sweet. Is it at all? Now that you're at Delmarva, you're, you know, you're 23, right? Like, but you're making your debut. Do these guys look to you as like almost like the leader now? <laughs> like that you're you're almost despite the fact that you haven't had that experience, are you kind of turned to as I don't know a wise sage for some of these young guys that that are in the same clubhouse? Uh, yeah, probably probably a little bit. I mean, a lot of those guys are gone, whether it's the our uh, Latin American players or even our play players that are out of high school that are playing their first pro season, so. A little bit of that, and you know, I'm new to the whole minor league thing, so there's still some guys that I ask questions or this or that. So it's a little bit of give and take. Do you do you find yourself having maybe better perspective to offer from having to face such adversity? That like you know maybe there is a lesson that you can share with somebody about like, hey, you're going through a tough week of swinging. Let me tell you a little bit about you know things that are tough. Let me let me give you a little perspective about going through tough times. Oh no, one hundred percent. I mean, an over over four day at the park is not <laughs> ideal. It's not a right. not a good day for being a baseball player. But at the end of the day, being able to go to the ballpark and have an opportunity to play the game and be able to get paid to play the game is a very great yeah uh, thing to do in your daily life. And I, I truly believe that. I truly understand that. Like now and oh no doubt sometimes you you lose that perspective being a being a baseball player how how good you have it and also you know it's it's a performance and you know you want to perform your best but at the end of the day you're just gonna have to learn from it and then like use what you learn the next day to make yourself a better player I mean, do you do you find yourself like do you remind yourself of that constantly? Like, do you when you go through your own like a, a night maybe where you 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 don't you take a bad swing like hey dude chill out <laughs> like you, you're playing baseball right now it's okay <laughs> do you find yourself doing that? Oh, yeah. uh, a little bit. Once I get between the lines, I'm still competitive as could be. I get that. Yeah, still have that edge to where it's like. I guess I'm playing baseball, but I'm. I'm not going to be perfect, but you still try to be. I feel you. I feel you. Teston, what did you do, um, you know, during the time that you weren't able to play, right? Like, what, what, what did a day look like for you? How were you, how were you passing your time as you were going through all this and, and trying to get back to playing baseball? Uh, you know, I tried to pick up 20 different hobbies, find some other stuff that intrigued me with, with the time being, but there wasn't much. Has anything played. stuck? Is there anything that you still that you picked up during that time that you're like, yeah, I'm probably gonna keep whatever it is, you know, doing jigsaw puzzles or something like that moving mm, forward? No, I didn't. I didn't really pick up any good hobbies. Sadly. I tried. <laughs> tried to learn the guitar. Tried becoming a good gamer. Still awful at video games. And I read a good amount. Um, okay. Just because it was, it was good to read a little bit, but I kind of bringing myself out on that uh, through the time. <laughs> You're a baseball then, player. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, I just sat there most of the time wishing I was like out on the field or even just like training for a season. So it was, it was kind of an awkward idle time to where when you're told you can't do something or you can only do so much, then 
you only want to do what you're not allowed to do or sure. limited to do. Sure. I completely understand that, man. That's just what's driving you. I totally get it. Um, well, we're excited that you're back, and we want people to get down to see the shorebirds. They'll be uh, back home next weekend, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and plenty of great events, including the Maryland Pride Sox giveaway and uh, fireworks night. You can go to theshorebirds.com in order to find out more and to get your tickets. Um, Heston, remind me, Twitter, Instagram, where can Orioles fans be giving you a follow? Uh, just first and last name. All lowercase on IG and Twitter. And again, it's Heston, then K-J-E-R-S-T-A-D. That's how you give him a follow. Can I ask you just, like, have you gotten, have you felt an amount of support from the fan base as everything you've gone through? Oh, yeah, no, there's been great support, especially coming back for the first few weeks. Definitely been getting a lot of of messages, a lot of tweets, and everything like that. So, I mean, it's great. Great fan base, and you know they want to they want to see their players have success, just like any fan base. And you know they take they take pride in the minor league two players or the minor league players too, which is sometimes rare in organizations, just because the big league team should get all the focus, and some teams don't really have much focus or hope in their minor league system. Hey. Uh, Heston, we're so happy for you, man. First of all, we're just happy that you're healthy, right? Like, if, if if whatever, we're so happy that you're healthy, but we're even happier that you're able to get back to doing what you love, and we can't wait to get to see you more here in the coming uh, weeks, months, man. Uh, uh, continued health and success to you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's Heston Kerstad. Um, again, just health is what matters. Great to have him back playing baseball. Hope that he gets back to being the guy that the Orioles thought was worthy of being the number two overall pick. And, you know, from a baseball perspective, that's important, right? You only get so many of these types of picks. They thought he was worthy. A lot of people agreed, disagreed, whatever, but they thought he was worthy. And if you can hit, you can hit. We will see how things go for Heston Kerstad moving forward. It is encouraging that getting back, he looks like a baseball player. That's a very small sample size. It's less than a week. But, you know, he he looks like he remembers what he's doing. Now he's playing catch-up. And, you know, it's, it's a tough thing to go through. As we know, it's not nearly as important as him just being healthy and being able to live. We know that's what matters. Um, but you hope that that's still there and that he can still get to that. It was great to catch up with him. Appreciate him taking the time for us this morning. It's been a really busy, it's been a lot to talk. We go through so many days and there's nothing to talk about, right? And then we have everything. Lamar Jackson speaks to the media, the World Cup announcement, um, and and the final game of the NBA Finals all happened on the exact same day. Couldn't maybe spread one of those out to another day somehow? It's just how it works sometimes, I guess. Could really go for a game seven on Sunday night, so we have more to talk about. Come mo- what do we th- on Monday, we'll have baseball, another, you know, nothing else. No offense. We've talked a lot of baseball this week, and I've enjoyed talking baseball. And the Orioles have been, as we keep saying, more pleasant than we expected them to be this season. Baseball for a while. It's Oh, I mean, there's hockey. That's what yeah. we got. Yeah. We got the, the Stanley Cup Finals. Um... Let's see, NBA draft. The draft next <laughs> Thursday. Like Justin Lewis is a local kid who's going to be involved with that, so we'll see uh, how that goes. 
Uh, lacrosse World Championship. The World Women's Lacrosse World Championships. I'm excited about that. I think that'll be a, a great event, and I hope that you guys will support it. But just not the same type of big events, you know, like the the U.S. Open this weekend. If you're into golf, obviously you're into that. That's what you'll be watching. It's just uh, Wimbledon. I mean, again, for me, <laughs> for me, through the roof. For everybody else, not quite as much. Everybody else sort of like, yeah, about that. <laughs> I'm excited. Don't get me wrong. I'm very excited. Um, God, it was just the hope. The hope of a World Cup was really getting me through so well. It was really getting me through. and Not meant to be. Also, I don't know who some of these guys are atop the U.S. Open leaderboard. I have no clue. I have never heard of so many. There's there's six players that are tied at three under, four of which have not teed off yet today, and that includes Roy McIlroy, right? Like, so I I've heard of that guy. The rest of the list, I know I've heard of David Lingmurth. I couldn't tell you anything about him. But I know that Drew has talked about David Lingmurth at some point. So I've heard of him. Joel Dahman I had not heard of before yesterday. But because he was leading the U.S. Open, there were people on Twitter talking about him. And he was like tweeting back and forth because he was going to the Ben Rector show last night in Boston. So I've, I've heard of him, but only within the last 24 hours. Callum Tarin? He was leading the U.S. Open after round one, and I still, today, could not tell you who he is. No clue. Nick Hardy? Nope. No idea. One of the Hardy brothers. I mean, like, maybe maybe with Jeff being sidelined for a little while, he can step in and tag with Matt to finish off their run. And Mathis? Mathis? Matthias? I don't know. Dafu. He's listed as MJ on the U.S. Open website. MJ. We'll go with that. Defu also tied for the lead at the U.S. Open. Um, Scotty Scheffler stroke back as uh, he's two under for the day through 14 holes. So, you know, if Scotty Scheffler, and by the way, uh, Aaron Oster's play of Aaron Wise also was two under yesterday. So very much in the mix. I like that. Um, look, if if somehow Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler can be in the mix throughout the weekend, that would make for, you know, the people would be intrigued by that on Sunday. If it's Matthias Defu and Nick Hardy, you got to really care about golf. You got to really be into it in order to be invested in that come Sunday afternoon. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, so on Wednesday afternoon, Manny Machado, I'm not sure if you, uh, do you remember him? He used to play here in Baltimore. I'm familiar, yes. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, so on Wednesday, he picked up career hit number 1,500. Oh, I did see this. Yeah. Oh, crap. I probably and didn't know the, the tidbit question that you're going to oh, okay. ask. Well, well, I, but I don't, I, don't remem- okay. I don't remember. I think it's a tough problem. one, so I thought I was hoping Stan was going to stick around so that he could help you. Um, but, yeah, so he became the 15th player in the American League National League history to reach the milestone of 1,500 hits as well as 250 hits before or before they turned 30, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so he became number 15. I think you should be able to get about 10, 10 to 11 of these guys. 1,500 hits and, and 250, 250 home, home runs. runs before turning 30. Correct. Which the argument being should help you get on pace to get the 3,500, which we've always treated as like the magical yeah. milestones. Uh, Ken Griffey. Ken Griffey is on there. Um, I, I'm, I'm Albert Pujols. Pujols, correct. 
I'm guessing Mike Trout. Mike Trout is not on there. Really? No. Which does he not have? I don't know. I, mean, I guess it's possible he hasn't played long enough to be at 1,500 hits, but that's a little surprise. That doesn't seem right. That's Mike Trout has 1,419 hits right now. Really? But yeah. That seems odd, doesn't it? As um, of April, yeah, as of April 28th, so. Uh, how about Frank Thomas? Frank Thomas. Let me go back here. Frank Thomas is not on there. Yeah, I mean that's not. Jesus, this is not <laughs> a great. This is not a great start. I think he'll be better. How about Miguel Cabrera? There you go. He was the most recent before okay. Machado. He was the most recent. Really? Yeah. So it must have been like twenty. So there are not. There are no modern players on this list. They're not. You know, current. Yeah. He's, I guess, the only other active. Well, up in pools. <laughs> right. I already got him. Um, Frank Robinson. There you go. Frank okay. Robinson. And I got to think because you got to go back a ways. Yeah, I'm you do. struggling with this. Um, so, I don't think I hmm. – Willie Mays. Willie Mays not on here. No. No. That's surprising. So you got about five total, including Manny, right? Uh, now. Hank Aaron. There you go, Hank Aaron on the list. These are uh, players with fifteen hundred hits and two hundred fifty home runs before the age of thirty. A Rod. There you go, A Rod on there as well. How about Mickey Mantle? Mickey Mantle, yes. Mantle, yes. I'm guessing I can go back really far and probably. Like, am I going back as far as like um, Duke Snyder? Uh, no, I don't think not that far. The the 30s. 30, 30s. Lou Gehrig. There you go. He was the first one to to accomplish this milestone in the American League National League uh, history. I'm just trying. Uh, Jimmy Fox. There you go. Yeah, Jimmy Fox as well. Old timey baseball players. How about Mel Ott? There you go. Mel Ott as well. Oh boy, I'm killing Those it. Are the first. Rocky Calavito. No. <laughs> it was hot. That was hot. Five remaining. Uh, five remaining. And there's five remaining. Four remaining. Sorry. Sorry. No. Yeah. Five. 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 My fault. My fault. Okay. <laughs> uh. Five. Um. All right, you might have to start. There, one of them's an Oriole. Eddie Murray. Yeah, there you go. Okay, Eddie Murray. All right. I mean, he did get three thousand five hundred, so I guess that makes sense. Another one has kind of been in the news cycle uh, recently. It's kind of been in the news cycle recently. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what good hint for him. Has kind of been in the news cycle recently. Without giving it away completely. Has kind of been in the news cycle recently. Relating to the Orioles. Relating to the Orioles. It's kind of been in the news cycle relating to the Orioles. And the Orioles draft. Oh, Andrew Jones? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Andrew Jones. Um, and then there's three more, uh, and I don't recognize their names. It doesn't make sense. He started playing when he was 19. I guess that <laughs> doesn't make sense. There's three more, and you don't recognize yeah, them. Yeah, I don't recognize probably not so. going to help me. Yeah. Do we need to just give them yeah, to you? Yeah, just give them to you. All me. right, so Ron Santo. Ah, legendary Mr. Cub. Orlando really. Cepeda. Oh, Cha-Cha Cepeda. And Eddie Matthews. Okay. Right. <laughs> I mean, 
another old timey baseball name I could have come up with. So Manny Machado joins right. that list. That's quite the list. That's quite the list. It's an outstanding list. Very good. All right, here's what's coming up this weekend, totally tubular wise. It's brought to you by Simply the Bets. We do Simply the Bets every Tuesday at eleven forty AM. And we do weekend at bookies every other Thursday at eleven forty AM. If you missed weekend at bookies yesterday, uh it was a it was a mixed day for Andrew Stecka. Al Horford uh, hit his hit over that. nine and a half. Don't and he got the under on the basketball game. Don't bring up the baseball bets. Missed by a run. Did not go well. Did not go well. Missed on that. Missed on uh, Blue Jays. The Blue Jays over yeah. big time. Missed on that. Yeah. Team total. Yeah. Yeah. Missed on that. But the basketball ones. Those those were good. Too bad there's no more basketball. Yep. Now. Those were good. Yeah. He's basketball and soccer. Baseball, not really his thing, which is ironic for so many reasons. Um, but uh, if you missed Simply the Bets yesterday, go to Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. You can watch it there, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Every other Thursday for Simply the Bets, every Tuesday. Sorry, every Tuesday for Simply the Bets, every other Thursday for Weekend at Bookies. I'll get it right one of these days. My mom did say uh, when me and Carson didn't pick up you know, the Weekend at Bernie's Bookies yeah. uh, correlation, yeah. she, she said that she uh, also felt like that was probably her fault as well. So uh, you she, know she what? Felt very She's correct, yeah. Mom. We got to step up. What are we doing here? I uh, We had a set of interns last semester, and I found out that um, they neither one of them had seen the classic film There's Something About Mary. And I said, I don't want you to come back in for another show until you fix that. And uh, uh, Papa Cass's mother messaged me, and she said, I will get that. I promise you. I will get that fixed. I said, thank you. Thank you. It is important. By the way, if the same can be said about you, I need you to eradicate it immediately. It's one of the greatest motion pictures of all time. You need to view it. Okay. Okay? okay. You cannot continue in this capacity without like, out having watched There's Something About Mary. Like a YouTube review or something? Or? I don't, No, no, no. You okay. need to watch the okay. film and be grateful that you did. You'll understand after viewing it why you could not continue in this role without having watched... There's something about Mary. It's coming up this weekend, totally tubular-wise. Orioles raised tonight. Early start tonight because Flo Rida is in town. 6 o'clock for uh, first pitch this evening uh, against the Rays. Shane Baz and Dean Kramer on Masson 2. Tomorrow at 4, Jeffrey Springs and Kyle Bradish also on Masson 2. Sunday it's on Masson at 1.30 with Corey Kluber and Jordan Lyles. The pitching matchup. Uh, not a lot, as we said. Big events, not a lot. Uh, NBC US Open today at four. Coverage right now on the USA Network. Tomorrow, it's on NBC at noon. Coverage on Peacock at 10 a.m. and Sunday, it's on NBC at noon. Coverage on USA at 10 on Peacock at nine. College World Series gets underway uh, tonight or today. Sorry, Oklahoma and Texas A&M at two. Notre Dame and Texas at seven. And then tomorrow, Arkansas and Stanford at two. Ole Miss and Auburn at seven. It's double elimination, so then games go from there. Uh, what else? Is there anything else? Or oh, Stanley Cup final game two tomorrow night uh, on on yeah on ABC. Sorry, Lightning Avalanche game two at eight o'clock tomorrow night on ABC. Everything else, just go to glennclarkradio.com. Find it there. It's just it's not a lot. Not a lot at this point. Non sports wise. Non sports wise, also not a lot. Let's see. Uh, there's there should be a new episode Jerry. of the boys. Today. I feel like you have not included new episodes of the boys recently have on I Friday not? Tubular, and that's okay. problematic no. because The Boys is very important. The Boys, new episode. Um, on Par- uh, Jerry and Marge Go Large, the Brian Cranston. You know what? I, yeah, it's and, out on Paramount+. Plus. And I'm familiar with the story, and I do want to see it. 
Uh, Spiderhead, a movie out on Netflix, looks Don't interesting. Know anything about Chris, that? Chris Hemsworth plays like a mad scientist. Okay, or something. I'm listening. And uh, who he's else? very Miles handsome. Teller, the guy that uh, directed um, Top Gun, Maverick. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he directed this as well. So okay, he's he's on, a, he's on a heater right now. So maybe, maybe uh, yeah, maybe. maybe it'll be interesting. Um, Saturday night, History Channel's airing uh, like a Juneteenth celebration baseball okay. documentary called After Jackie. Okay, so that could be interesting. All right. Um. Yeah. Otherwise. Slow, slow weekend. Not right. sports. All right. Well, speaking of which, not only happy uh, Juneteenth, also happy uh, Father's Day. It's uh, it's quite a celebration this weekend. Uh, don't forget tomorrow morning for the bat around from ten to noon, and then Rita and I are on from two to four on Sunday on one hundred five seven. The fan. Hope that you will join us for that. Okay. Thanks today to Stan the Fan. Thanks also to Heston Kerstad. Thanks to Jordan Westberg. Thanks to Terry Hasseltine. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the <coughs> tab at glennclarkradio.com. Um, Jeremy's back on Monday. Stuff and thing. Oh, uh, no, that's not Monday, is it? I believe it is Monday. What? The Wisnowskis? I thought, is it Monday? Yeah, Logan yeah. Wisnowskis, uh, Tuaraton Award winner this year, national champion at Maryland. As the PLL comes to Homewood Field next week. So that's that's something that's worth being excited about. Yeah. PLL comes to Homewood Field next weekend. So we will look forward to that and we will catch up with Logan Wisnowskis to chat about it. All right. Very good. Oh, I think I made a mistake. Thank you, Luke. I think I, I screwed something up. All right. Uh, thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including our friends at Royal Farms, also Glory Days Grill. Charm City Match, Great Eights Memorabilia, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Birds. Anybody else I care about this? No. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.